Welcome to Church Jams Now, the podcast where three former youth group kids and current music nerds deep dive into Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. I, of course, am your co-host, Kylan Savage, and with me, as always, is Mr. TJ Smith. What's going on, man? Nothing. You feeling spooky tonight? Uh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> and we have our beautiful producer, Josh Olson. Hey, guys. I'm just trying to keep it, I'm just trying to keep it natural, but... I'm trying to amp it up a little bit more, you know? You know what I'm saying? Trying to keep like it a, li- a, little, a little more than natural? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what's a good way to describe that. Extra natural. Like, what's ex- yeah. Okay, cool. That's, that's what the I'm going for kids are all tonight. about being yeah. extra, right? Ex- extra natural. Yeah. And we have a guest this week. Uh, what do we say? Connoisseur extraordinaire. Um, someone I've, I've uh, wanted to get on the show for a long time. Writer. Also, podcaster, Jesus Freak Hideout, the internet, lots of other amazing things. Uh, we have Josh Baylog on tonight. What's up, Jammers? Thanks for having me, guys. Ah, Yo. Jammers. There we go. Oh, I love jammers. it. Jammers. Look Good at him. He's a Good podcast vernacular. Pro. Look at him. Yes. He gets it. For real. He gets it, man. So, Josh, not... Okay, yeah, I think we are going to have to... We are going to have to <laughs> clarify. We have... I don't number, like Josh number two there. Number I, don't, two. I like he'll be yeah, J. Josh B. He'll be Josh B. Josh B. You Josh. He, he can be JB. I'll be BPJ. BP, that's not that's, confusing. Yeah, that's way less confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Josh B. I want to talk to you. Uh, I talk to these other guys. I'll defer my Josh stake for. Yeah, okay. you're going to be uh, cool. Yeah, man. yeah, that's fine. There we you go. Know. He's our guest. You didn't say there was going to be Josh steak. Is our I'm guest. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Medium rare, baby. So. Welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show. I yeah, super man. appreciate it. Oh, man. It's uh, it's an honor. I've been following yeah. you guys for a while, and uh, the the conversations are always interesting and entertaining, <laughs> so thank you for that. It always gives me extra content on my long drives to either yell at the radio or nod my head in agreement, so love your show. You okay. Well, this is a perfect transition because, here for. Uh, because I, need to, I need to pull a page out of Aaron Newberry's playbook and i feel like we need to clear the air here so (laughs) josh Mm -hmm. i remember it was some point i believe maybe last year maybe last year or early this year when i believe you kind of discovered church gyms now you tagged us in a post and said that we were interesting and entertaining even though we mangled the facts and i very specifically Mm. remember that wording uh because i was ready to fight until I realized <laughs> that we genuinely do mangle facts all the time. <laughs> and it was like the way that you worded it too was just like the best thing that you could have given us. It was like, yeah, we do. We're owning yes. that now. We mangle facts. Like, <laughs> we yeah. own it now. Well, that was, that was the thing. It gave us an identity that we could just take on and really embrace. Uh-huh. So thank you. That was very kind. <laughs> Well, <laughs> no insult intended. Just uh, no, a no, you're right. Dig. You're right. Uh, just a subtle, no, we loved good-natured it. dig. We loved it. I just, we I, I like being dramatic. I. Oh yeah, yeah. You're the one that tries to quit every every episode, right? So that's right. That's true. That's Kylan's whole mo, man. I think it was the sixpence episode on the self-title that that, that caused me to really uh, oh, say that one. We were extra. So that, that's if slappy, I remember correctly, like that night. That we recorded was, that in a sauna. 
We did record that. That so the, yes, that was the the, the six early pence days. sauna episode, and our 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 beautiful producer Josh was not yet fully part of the team. And TJ and I were. I I will fully admit yeah, we were yeah. a hot mess. Yeah, we needed we needed literally just to hot us in in the sauna. We were because yeah. we were in a sauna. <laughs> so I fully take I fully take uh, responsibility for. Uh, messing that up, I w- I will also take responsibility for not liking Jars of Clay, their self-titled album very much. <laughs> <laughs> I know those are fighting words. It I happens. Yeah. <laughs> We're just digging up all the all our. I had to get it out, out there on the table. I-, I had to yeah. clear the air so we can <laughs> yeah, have a yeah. good time. We're all friends here. Yeah, we can talk about our differences. No, Josh, I I'm I'm so excited. Like, so the thing is, like, we've you know we started the show back in 2020, and we had no idea what we were doing or what what our intended audience was going to be and then you were really a part of this like essentially the ccm twitter community that i feel like Mm. really kind of invited us in and and the way that you've engaged with like our episodes and, and what we talk about has been a huge confidence boost for us and so i really do appreciate like everything that you've done for us in terms of that, like online. And which is why I've wanted to get you on the show for a long time, because you also post lots of things like deep dives uh, on records and lists and things like that. And it feels like you think about music in a similar way that we do. Like you just love music and just like want to talk about it. That is absolutely correct. Yeah. I'll talk about it anytime. I'm ready. Do you want to talk about music oh, now? <laughs> I think. Yeah. Is now a good time? That? That'd be fun. Maybe we should do that guys. <laughs> It's not a good time. I want to know your origin story. We always ask guests to come on their origin story. You know, so our show right. is is about nineties and two thousands Christian music. I, I am a little intimidated because you uh, we said connoisseur extraordinaire, but like you really do put quite a few people to shame in terms of the breadth of your knowledge. So I want to know where that started. Yeah. Okay, origin story. I want to try to make this uh, less than an hour. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, I grew up in the in the '90s. So the the '90s and the 2000s really just were my sweet spot for uh, music that I've loved for a really long time. But kind of my start would have been I had parents who made a decision to stop listening to secular music completely before I kind of mm-hmm. came onto the scene. And so my music upbringing was very much CCM, CCM as in Sandy Patty, Larnell Harris, uh, Rich Mullins, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Michael Lee Smith, Amy Grant of that ilk. And then it would have been, they would have been my first music influence. And then my second would have been my youth pastors. And they were also only Christian music listeners. And so my youth pastor would take me to the brick and mortar Christian bookstore when they still had those. And I'd spend hours listening to demos and trying to find uh, new new music to love. A lot of times buying full albums for one song that I liked or buying an album because I thought the album cover was cool because I couldn't listen mm. to it. Um, and so I kind of went through the phases of starting with these very pop CCM artists that were my favorites because that's what my parents listened to. And I think the first boom box I was given, I was also given Michael W. Smith's uh, Change Your World album cd which came out in i think 1993 or 1992 and then the very first one i spent my own money on was stephen curtis chapman's heaven in the real world which was 19 nice so that's kind of where i started and then i went to to youth camp with my youth group in 1995 for the first time and that's where i heard jesus freak and flood by jars of clay 
and kind of transitioned into this more alternative um, right. realm that would have included also some of the early newsboys and audio adrenaline, all the youth group bands, audio adrenaline, supertones, still listening to Michael B. Smith and Stephen Curtis Chapman and all star United. And I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out third day. A lot right. of the, the ones that most people of that era would have probably been listening to. So that's my, it's my wheelhouse. And then after that, uh, because I love the nineties and the early two thousands so much, I've gone back and really tried to make sure that I've, listen to it as extensively as possible, even to the point of asking for very obscure, independent and smaller bands and trying to track them down and listen to them too, just to make sure, because I just love that era Not so much. So that's the yeah. one that I can feel probably most, yeah, most of it able to talk about just at the drop of a hat without a whole lot of preparation. So I'm excited okay. to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. Heck yeah. I do want to know uh, real quick of those like more obscure ones, what has been your favorite recent discovery recent discovery uh, um someone suggested a band called rain children that came out in 1997 and i forget what the name of the album was but i listened to it a handful of times and really liked it but it's a very specific alt rock sound that has like a gin blossom small town oh, poets cool. nice kind of vibe to it and so that's one that i liked more recently that's rad um in the last couple of years um i've really deepened my appreciation for bands like Sixpence, and I've always loved Jars of Clay, so that'll that'll probably, probably never change. Heck yeah, those core pillars. Yeah, I don't think he said pillar, TJ. Oh, sorry, my I bad. did listen to Pillar for a little while. <laughs> I did listen to them for a little while. I just knew in he the, was going to bring it. <laughs> yeah, you, you knew. Yeah. I had phases, right? So in in the '90s, those were my bands, and then kind of around the turn of the 2000s, I went into this little ska phase for about nice. two or three years. Supertones, Five Iron Frenzy. Heck yeah insiders w's would have fallen in that category mm -hmm. and then i had a rap phase where john rubin pigeon john kj um, grits cross movement kj52 yep and then after that would have been i got into a little bit of heavier music like blindside and a few others and so yeah i just had all these phases but i've kind of settled more into the alt rock all right of the mid to late 90s is kind of like my real sweet sweet spot nice nice so i want to talk about what album we're going to cover today. We are, of course, talking about Supernatural by DC Talk. And this mm -hmm. came out... Uh, what, what year did this come out? 97? 1998. 1998. Cool. So I want to know, Josh, why this album? You know, because you could basically pick like a a any album. So so why did you want to talk about this one specifically? This is, uh, DC Talk would have been uh, my favorite group or band prior to being introduced to Jars of Clay. And then all the way up through 99, they would have been probably my co-favorites. Big DC Talk fan, saw them in concert a handful of times. And I wanted to talk about this album because this is the album that... I'm up and down on like as a, oh. as a fan, like from one, not just from one listen to another. Cause it's just kind of maybe seasons kind of where I'm at, like, Oh yeah, this is really good. Or I, I get frustrated with it. Hmm. Uh, and so okay. I kind of wanted to, I wanted to hear y'all's take. Cause I know you probably have gone longer uh, since you've heard it. Some of you uh, it's for me, it's only been gosh, probably since April when you were asking me which okay. one I'd like to cover that I've held off from listening to it, but I don't go, usually more than six to nine months before I at least tune into it once. But this is the longest it's been. So Sweet. I'm interested to see what my feelings are on it after I listen to it a few times this coming week. 
yeah i'm yes. I'm excited to wow well we appreciate it. your restraint in doing that just for <laughs> our little show yeah. we it's a it's a big compliment yeah it is that and was just for you guys wow we appreciate that what a yeah. guy so what a guy. before we get more into it i would love to turn it over to beautiful producer josh to give us some some context this is our third dc talk record that we've covered on the show it most certainly is yeah so dc talk is we've talked about them previously twice on the episode on uh, our show i won't talk too much about them um other than i will remind everyone that we discovered on our free at last episode that toby max real name is kevin michael mckeon so he <laughs> shares names with the other two members of the band which right. is crazy he's never been good at sharing has he it's all gotta be about him you know he's the mac what can you do he's the mac <laughs> I think he did a little bit of sharing on this on this album, and I'll talk about it in just a second. But Supernatural, the record, was released September 22nd of 1998. So we are covering it for its 25th anniversary, Ooh, which is nice. crazy. 1998, this is our third 1998, like 25th anniversary record, I think, this year. Oh, wow. So it's exciting. This is DC Talk's fifth and final record. Uh, it was released on Forefront Records, which I know Josh is a big fan of. And uh, interestingly, I saw this was also released on Virgin as well. I guess they did like a co-release, hmm. um, which will also, oh, which they, I don't know if it's, this was the first one, but Turn we have another over. episode in our queue that uh, we have another Virgin co-signing as well. Oh, cool. Uh, producer was Toby Mack and Mark Heimerman, who's produced all of DC Talks records, except for their self-titled. He's produced in certain capacities. I think they've had other producers hmm. in and out. As well but i didn't realize that toby mac produced this one as well yeah i think he is listed i know he was listed as a producer on jesus freak i assume he was also on free at last as well so toby and mark have kind of been a duo and then they've had a couple other people i think john mark painter was on as listed as a producer on some of the jesus freak tracks as well yes. so this charts uh was billboard 200 this debuted at number four and billboard christian it was number one so a very high charting on both i mean billboard christian dc talk released a record after jesus freak of course it's gonna be high but number four on billboard 200 is pretty big yeah that is and this is also riaa certified platinum which is one million units sold so pretty big here yeah. As I was mentioning before, uh, for Toby sharing, I found that all the songs feature songwriting credits from Toby, Michael, and Kevin, and some like producers and other songwriters. But this was the first one that I noticed where they all share writing credits on all songs. A lot of times it's just Toby, and every now and then you'll get a Kevin or a Michael uh, songwriting okay. credit as well, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. So, but yeah, that that wraps up my research. But I did have a question. I I know Josh is a big list guy, which I. I'm a list guy, and I enjoy. And I wanted to know, I guess as we start kicking off this record, where does this rank in your DC Talk discography ranking? Okay, so I talked about this being a mover. Uh, um, At times it's been number two, Mm -hmm. but right now, and for the longest time it's been now my number three with Jesus Freak, Free at Last, and Supernatural being number three. Gotcha. So still top three. That's that's good. Sure. So I'm, I'm just curious... Of, of the fact and and maybe maybe it's i feel like for especially for this being such a big record which uh i was not aware that it debuted so high 
and was like a virgin co-release. I feel like this album is not really ever discussed as much, or maybe it's more polarizing than, I mean, I feel like when, when you, when you think or have conversations about DC talk, it's usually free at last and Jesus freak. And I feel like supernatural is never really brought up that much. So I'm mm. curious if anyone has any theories as to why. Because I, I I remember this being my favorite DC Talk record. Uh, in the circles that I that I spend a lot of time in, um, I think that probably rings true. It is probably the least discussed of the three. But I know uh, there's a high volume of people that really consider it their favorite. So hmm. for me, it would have been one that I absolutely loved when it came out. It started to reveal its warts um, a little bit more as I became a little bit more discerning about music and started to see the cracks in the album itself. And some of that may be retrospect, knowing that it, you know, it was the band's final gasp before they went on intermission. Uh, air quotes for mm-hmm. listeners that can't see yeah, us. Right. <laughs> the fact that I'm still bitter about so many years later. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Like I don't hear it discussed as much, uh, but those that love it really love it and will like tooth and nail fight for it. That's that's what I've seen. Yeah, I remember, uh, shout out to Roman on our Roman interview. Uh, he mentioned that he really liked this record as well. But I'm curious, uh, I don't know if we want to get to this point yet, but I'm not terribly familiar with this record. And so like my, I what I assume about this is that it kind of is like the breaking point where all of the members are like doing their thing and you can see them going off into different. So what I imagine of this record is like, Toby, Kevin, and Michael are wanting, like, this is right before they split up, and they're kind of going their own ways separately musically, so I feel like maybe that's what, that's what I'm gonna guess might cause some just disjointed nature of this record, of, like, right. Toby trying to do his thing, and, like, Michael trying to do, like, a Tate thing, and Kevin doing his own, like, the seeds of their solo different splitting right. happening, so maybe that's what it is. I'm just speculating, but... Yeah, but... If the rumors are true, and who knows, I, I don't know these guys personally, but it sounded like Michael was always kind of the glue that held them together because Kevin and Toby were, were at each other's throats a lot creatively. And this is kind of a record. I talk about Supernatural kind of like the Beatles' White Album, where there's just so much going on because each one of them is wanting to have their own identity. So unlike Free at Last or Jesus Freak, which are very cohesive but very much... Uh, maybe Jesus Freak a little bit less, but very much more Toby's vision with the other two guys contributing. This was kind of all three of them coming together to make something. But I feel like on this one, they weren't, I don't know if they were trying deliberately to be like, this is a singles record where we're just making a bunch of songs and there's not really too much of a cohesive theme or if it just turned out that way because of the creative tension between all of them trying to have Toby take a, a step down from what are his strengths, which are, are rap and right. producing and adding production elements and trying to heighten Kevin's voice and all of that and giving Tate more of a, more of a say. So yeah, it, like it just felt like a very fractured record to me. So when I got to the point where I was um, a little bit more critical of it and less on the, on the fan side of it, um, that's kind of where I would go with it is like, there's not as hmm. much cohesion as the other two. You can kind of see the cracks of the band breaking up. So it's kind of bittersweet. So, interesting that like it's both an album where there was more equity with songwriting and they were all showing up a little more maybe toby showing up less but then they were all it was more like 33 33 33 percent you know but that to your point josh is like 
it may be made for a, a, a lesser album compared to their previous efforts. Um, I'm curious to see how I feel about that. Yeah, and if you add to the yeah. fact of like them, like at this point, the three guys have been in the band for over a decade together. So it's like, you think they would have figured out like the collab thing by now, but like, it's interesting if they do like do a full, like true collab effort that it's, if it is like disjointed or kind of trying to go in different directions. Yeah. It's all just speculating. This will be a lot more better. This will all be a bit more informed after we've listened to the record or me specifically. For sure. Yeah. No, same. I do have something about this record that I feel is very pertinent to our show for anyone that has listened for any amount of time you should know that though i am not a bass player i absolutely love sweet sweet bass and the song Hmm. supernatural i believe i have pinpointed as the origin of my obsession with sweet sweet bass because it starts ah. out, it is so mm. monumental to that song. Like, I still know, like, anytime I pick up a bass, I will probably play Crooked Teeth by Death Cab for Cutie and the riff from Supernatural, which is literally on the E string, open, seventh fret, eighth <laughs> fret. Do, 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 do. And, uh, and I just, I still mm-hmm. hear it, and I'm obsessed with it. So... This is for that song alone. I feel like it's it's very important that that we cover this record. Well, if you like the bass, I know you do. Yeah. After listening to so many episodes, uh, that is one thing. We can talk about this on the other side, obviously. But there's some really good bass lines on this album. Yes, nice. I love to I'm hear so that. Excited. Okay, so I think there's 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 not much else except to do our flopper bot predictions. Uh, Josh, I know you said April was about the last time. You listen to this, TJ and Josh. I'm I'm curious what your. It seems like you're we're not super familiar with this record at all. But I'm curious if you can pinpoint the last time you listened to it, and whether it's going to be a flop or bop. Uh, well, I can say with only slight embarrassment that I'm kind of a basic when it comes to this album. I probably only know. The title track and Consume Me, I think, on this album, mm-hmm. because they were on the Intermission Greatest Hits album. Right. To be honest, I don't know if I've ever listened to this album from front to back. So this is going to be an education for me. All right. I'm, I'm excited. Fresh. I like it. Yeah. I think I'm going to predict a bear bop. It's going to it's gonna squeak across okay. right, TJ. the line for me. Yeah. Coming in optimistic. I love it. Yeah. Trying to. I feel like it's got the artsy flair that I think you might. Like I remember Kevin Max doing more, more of his thing. Record, yeah, more of like a, a Kevin yeah. Max singing record. Yeah, I think you'll yeah. enjoy those aspects of it. Well, and to Josh's point earlier, like if you know if the guys are getting to show up more equitably, like then we're we're getting a little more Michael, we're getting a little more Kevin. Like that feels like a fun record, even if it is a little more disparate and and maybe not. Like it, like it probably won't knock me over being a big thematically powerful concept record or anything like that. I'm not expecting that based on what you've described, Josh. But if artistically there's you know a lot of presence from all three of the guys, I think I could see a bop happening for me. What I'm looking for for a record to bop, um, 
if it's if it's all these guys like showing up full force um even if it is kind of a hits record i, I could see that working so i don't know we'll see Sweet. nice i'll say i'm pretty aligned with tj on this i didn't have this record growing up and so like tj i know the hits that were on the radio like i think i know red letters mm. as well and i know the songs that were on intermission but i remember my cousin jordan had this cd and mm. i maybe listened to it then once years and years and years ago but i don't think i've ever listened to this record all the way through so i'm going in pretty nice. blind and i'm excited for it and it's a little bloated and it's long and i'm expecting it to kind of have a lot of different directions and not be super cohesive like you talked about josh but i think i'm i'm feeling a bear bop as well i'm gonna decide i think it's gonna fall right on that line but i think i'll enjoy it more than yeah. i don't josh we 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 have to ask because we do have precedence on the show of people bringing us an album and then predicting a flop. So <laughs> I still, true. I have to. I, I mean, I he said ask. he said it's right. third. It might third might be flop category. I don't that's know. That's true. Yeah. That might be the line. That's true. That's true. You're, that's a good point. I'm going to go slight bop, uh, having not listened to it, just because I know I've had some issues with it in the last couple of years. So uh, I'm excited to listen again with hopefully fresh ears, and I'm really excited to hear what you guys haven't heard all of it. What you have to say about it, and don't spare my feelings because I'm not super attached. I'll to be it. ruthless. <laughs> I'll never come back <laughs> if you okay, flop it. Got but. it. <laughs> Going for brutal honesty. I um, like it. Okay, so for me, I remember a little more of this record. I don't remember it being this long. It is long. It's How long. long. It, Fourteen tracks, fifty-six <laughs> minutes, like fifty-four minutes. Yeah, that's it's um, it's basically fifty-seven minutes. So that's, you know, <laughs> usually kind of a deal breaker for me, <laughs> but I'm going into this. I personally got burned on Jesus Freak. That was our, our first episode ever. And we were so confident. We decided to do it because we were like, well, yeah, this is obviously a bop. Like we're going to start off like so strong. And then we came in and we did not <laughs> enjoy that record at all. And then Free at Last was... <laughs> just so good it's just like such a good album uh so they're 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 one and one with me on dc talk i do remember this being just like a kind of sonically darker record i don't know how how true that is feels in my mind moody, yeah it feels yeah, more moody that's than fun how, yeah. how i remember that which i'm here for right and i do like the idea of the even though it's not maybe not a cohesive album, I like the idea of just a swing for the fences, the like let's stay together for the kids, let's do one last trip to Disney World <laughs> to like save our relationship <laughs> aspect of the year of this album. Uh I think it's gonna I think it's gonna yield some at least like interesting things you know what yeah. i mean totally so i'm gonna predict a uh, a, a bop oh a bop right. interesting right. Okay. yeah okay. yeah we'll, we'll see the prediction that that the the like i said again the the amount of time that the album is uh the runtime is a little is making me a little iffy but i think like like tj is i'm gonna squeak by i'm gonna squeak yeah. by a bop free last was right yes. around there too so so yeah, I think uh, we're going to take a break 
for the listeners. It'll be just very quick. For us, it'll be a week. And we will spend some time living in the world of 1998's Supernatural by DC Talk. And uh, we'll listen to it when we come back. Hey, Jammers. TJ here. And uh, I, I got Josh and Kylan with me. And I'm just wondering how natural we're all feeling tonight. We feeling natural? <sighs> I'm feeling medium natural, I'd say. Medium natural? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're not extra natural. I'm not extra natural. Means. I don't think so. I don't know. I'm it's feeling a little I'm feeling natural. a little maybe a little like I don't know, like super. I'm feeling extra like supernatural. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I am. Oh, that's exciting. I, I, I know. It. Wow. I'm, well, I'm Kylan, man. you wouldn't believe the coincidence that you're feeling supernatural and what I have to tell you. Oh really? What? what yeah, is it, Josh. What is Man, it? Okay, guys, it's killing me. I've been waiting to tell y'all for a long time, but our sponsor today is Collide Records. You know they have. I love it when this happens. They have the very record that we're talking about in stock right now. They have Supernatural on vinyl, and it's a double LP in white. So Ooh, if you're if you're listening to this episode and you're like, I know Supernatural's a bop. Right. Or even if you're like, maybe it's a flop, I'll find out. It's We're halfway through. We'll find out where How we, we feel land. About but it. if you want to own mm-hmm. Supernatural vinyl, I mean, Collide Records, got it. It's stock right now. So it's it's white vinyl. Josh, are there any red letters in it? You know, mm. uh, I from the cover, There's I one. can't tell. There's one there at might. least. Track number 13. Yeah. Yep, that's the truth. You know, since I met you, I've always, I've been waiting for you to tell me about this Supernatural deal. That's Man. how we should have started this. Get a supernatural deal. I just want to be loved, oh, yeah. but Josh just wants this album on vinyl. <laughs> I do. It's consuming me how much I want it on vinyl. You know what? And you going forward with this just feels fearless. Thank you. Thank you for just diving in yeah. and it's telling been us a godsend, about it. Josh. I was going to say, Collide Records has really been a godsend for us. I mean, <laughs> at acquiring great media like uh, Supernatural on vinyl. TJ, for sure. how can you get this record on vinyl? Intro. Well, they're going to want to go to Collide Records and they're going to want to throw it in their cart and then they're going to throw the sweet promo code Church Jams Now in there for a sweet, sweet 20% off. So do it now, y'all. That record will soon be diving into your mailbox through the postal service and onto your turntable. Amazing. All right, gentlemen. Feels supernatural. This ad has been so long, my friends. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Church Jams Now. I hope you enjoyed those sweet, sweet ads as much as we enjoyed making them. We, of course, are back, and we have our very special guest, Josh Balog. We have spent a week listening to 1998's Supernatural by DC Talk. And so, of course, I have to open up this part B by asking, does anyone have any general thoughts on this record before we dive in? I just want to say I'm feeling super. You're feeling extra natural? Yep. (laughs) <laughs> just wanted you guys to know. I just have one question. I mean, there's a treason at sea. Is it me? <laughs> oh, no, Josh, never. Okay. It is. We'll oh. see. We'll see how it goes. Fighting that was such a Josh Olsen joke that I didn't know which Josh was speaking for a second. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No, I'm just... I was doing double takes. I'm sorry, man. I don't want to step just, on your material. No, I'm no, sorry about good. that. I'm just mad I didn't think of it. You beat me to it. You, yeah. you won fair and square. <laughs> okay. Good sport. Well, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, let's just dive right into it, right? 
that's comes that's not yet that's don't dive that's into track it three, yet Kylan. yeah oh, okay all right right early, well but well we've let's, already let's done the intro, intro. yeah so let's intro. move on to, to track one <laughs> intro <laughs> My, my thoughts on the intro, 24 seconds of wasted time. Get that out of here. We don't need that nonsense. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. A note after my own heart. Yeah. I wrote, this is a PSA for any band. Making an intro track where you say the name of the album over and over doesn't create any deeper understanding for the listeners. It's ethereal, right. TJ. <laughs> it's pointless, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it either needs to be shorter and you just put it at the very beginning of It's Killing Me and make it all one song, or you need to like flesh it out mm. a little bit more and have it yes. more of a piece than... Well, at the risk of not having a note later on in the album, I think uh, they just sort of switched this and there's a treason at sea. Oh. Ooh. You would have started. I think there's a treason at sea, kind of, because it does the same kind of thing, and it does the where they say supernatural a bunch right at the end. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise this is this is a complete waste of time. And like, what is it treason at sea, Kylan, for the listeners? The last track that may not know. Yeah, so you're just inverting the intro and outro, basically, or just take out the outro and just put treason at sea, or yeah, maybe put it at the end. But it's an hour long album. You don't need this. It's true. It doesn't. You know, because I talk about like intro tracks and stuff, and like, and I will say this does kind of give you a little bit of a vibe, right? But it's long and feels unnecessary for an hour long record. Yep, and it doesn't add any substance. We should talk about it even longer. <laughs> it's it's killing me how much we're talking about this <laughs> oh, intro track. Oh, is it? Is it? Okay, yeah. well, let's go ahead and go right into track number two. It's killing me. reference right off the top oh yeah mm-hmm. a little foreshadowing mm-hmm. yeah yeah no <laughs> kidding i love that acoustic yeah i was just gonna say i like that the acoustic just starts things off it's very like narrow kind of mono and then it widens out like that was a cool little studio trick pretty mm-hmm. fun and how it like yeah. builds yeah there are mm-hmm. a lot of those on this album there's a lot of really fun full production mm-hmm like a step up, like I don't know. It, I wouldn't say it's like out of this world, like supernatural oh. production, <laughs> but it, it's it's like above competent. Like it's between, like it's good, like it's really good. Mm-hmm. Like it was well, better yeah. than I anticipated. I mean, it's the same guy who was who did Free at Last, and we loved all the production on that. Right. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he did at least some of Jesus Freak. So, and you know they got a big budget after Jesus Freak. You know they're rolling in with a big recording budget for this record. For sure. For sure. Speaking of production, how do we like that bass tone, Kylan? Uh, well, I wrote sweet, sweet bass. Okay. Because it feels very like mid-heavy to me and kind of metallic. It is. It is. It I is. like it. And it's it's yeah. like that a lot through the record, but I really dig it for this record. Cool. Yeah, I think it works. Um, it fits. Yeah, it's definitely some sweet, sweet bass for me. Yes. Josh, number two, what do you think about this song? 
I think it's a great opener. It kind of showcases the sing-heavy direction the album's going to go. Mm. Um, I really would like it. I like it as an opening song. I really would have liked it better minus the intro track. Just go straight yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. I the agree. first thing you hear. Yeah, I think that would be like a nice. cool way to start it. It would be. I have a hard time hearing this song without picturing them on the Supernatural tour doing like these high leg kicks that they all used to do at the end of the song. Oh, yeah. When it kind of <laughs> nice. gets a little bit more frantic towards the end there. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a great song. Yeah. I didn't like the little whispers. Is that Toby Mac? Was it like the ghost of Toby Mac? <laughs> It's like Ooh. the ghost of Toby Mac's rap career going like <laughs> right, yeah, natural. exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I'm not rapping, but I'm kind of whisper talking. Yeah, but I'm kind of whisper. Guys, guys, mm-hmm. guys, did you hear Toby Mac and the Mac is back? No slack. <laughs> I feel. So what like, was that? I think that? I'm assuming from? it's either just his singing chops weren't there yet, or is it just that their keys for Kevin and Michael just aren't the right key for Compatible. him to sing in? It's a good theory. Yeah, because I'm like the whole record. He's just whispering yep. all the time. Yeah, yeah. He was learning how to sing at this point. I don't want to say that he was taking vocal lessons and everything because he's not a singer, so he's still still getting up to speed with the other two guys. Yeah, it makes sense. I felt a little bad though. It's like when you take away the rapping out of DC Talk, like Toby can just like whisper, and it yeah. gives so much. Like it really showcases how great a vocalist Michael and Kevin are. Mm-hmm. But I that's feel what I bad said. for I, Toby. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, okay, I, I went through this as well. But then I remember that he also produced the record. So I feel like he yeah, got I, to, like, I imagine he, like, got to put his stamp on it in that way. And yeah. he was excited uh, about kind of sitting in the producer's chair and that being right. his role more for this album as he was kind of springboarding into his own career and becoming a producer. I could see that. What is that sound right there? I was trying to figure out, is that a keyboard or is that like a guitar effect or something? That like skittering sound at the end? Oh, that's like a, right they're just like muting. Yeah, with a wand. Yeah, you're just hitting the string. Like a high pass. Yeah. Yep. yep. I thought that was a really cool way to end the song. Just kind of give it something different. A little flavor. Yeah, right mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is something we talk about with DC Talk that they don't know when to end their songs and they always go on super long. But this mm-hmm. one, I really liked the length of it, especially because like yep. they don't just repeat the chorus ad nauseum, and then like the last fifty seconds or whatever, the music starts picking up, and Michael starts getting like almost a little yelly, and I love that's what it. I wrote. I loved when Tate goes for it. Yes. He needs to go for it more. He does look gritty, look gritty in yes. the vocals uh-huh. there, because uh-huh. it's a real like rock and roll thing. Because like when Kevin goes for it. Which I also really love, but it's almost like not operatic, but like it's it's that kind of like I know I have a good voice and I'm going to like show it showcase off, showcase it. Yes, yep. And 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 Michael is more just like I'm gonna shred my vocal cords because I'm a rock singer, and it worked super well for this song. Having both of them in, I there. feel like it's like yeah. very present too. It feels emotive. It feels in the moment mm-hmm. when Michael does it, and so they make a good balance because like if. Kevin is going for the like technically proficient vocal line, and then Michael's going for the vibe line. Then that's like a really cool trade off. They they balance each other out really well. Yep. I do have one negative thing about this song. I don't know. Mm. Do you think you guys could guess it? Josh Too long because he he never gets it. No. Oh. I was fine with the length. It was good. I liked the jam at the end, but it had. My arch nemesis, Bongos. bongos. Oh, <laughs> so, no. Where are the Bongos? I didn't even catch They're them. in the intro, man. Oh, I They're never in the beginning. The bongos, in the first verse. Right. Dude, I'm bongo I will tell blind. You, 
You yes. are bongo blind. And I will tell you, I will point out every instance of bongos on this record because it drove me up the wall. There's more? There's so much bongo. This is like like this might as well be like a like a tiki record. Like it's like straight up like almost island music. The amount of bongos they're really low in the mix though. We'll have to like listen to this same record and like see if we can point them out. I wonder if you just like perpetually just have bongos playing in like that's might, part of your. I might just you have a version of ADHD that is bongo ADHD and it's, it's just, just bongos yeah. playing constantly just constantly it's like if you if we're like a cartoon and we're like having this conversation it just cuts to like an insert of my brain and it's just a guy playing bongos it's, it's just you playing dancing bongos. around yep. <laughs> no they're they're all over this record it's it's a late 90s thing in particular I get mm-hmm. it because they add they add texture, they fill out a song. Like intellectually, I understand bongos, but <laughs> viscerally, I hate it. <laughs> uh, it's killing me, guys. So it was an immediate turnoff for you as soon as you heard the song, heard him in the song. No, Josh, that that's how good this song is because this this is one of my favorite songs on the record. Uh, it worked in spite of the bongos. Mm. I thought it was really really good. I loved the production. Uh, I love their vocal performances. It like really got me excited to listen to the rest of this record. Did that feeling hold up throughout? We will see. <laughs> so, but it's not your. It wasn't your favorite on the it's album. It's not my favorite. One of no, no, okay. no. Yeah, like it. You know, like it. It was in the top half for sure. Like if I was gotcha. to rank the whole record, yeah, right. There's one song in particular. I'm really hoping that uh, that you like, Kylan. I'm, I'm kind of okay. All right, anyway, we'll see. We'll, when we get there, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. You. Uh, let's go ahead and Can't dive wait. right into track number three, Dive. You hear that? What is that? What does that sound? That's bongos. That's like... Now that like you mentioned phasery it. warped <laughs> bongos, like uh, so put a wild. phaser on those bongos, guys. <laughs> yeah, what do, the, what do these bongos 90s. need? Some phaser, phaser. <laughs> set bongos, set, set phasers set bong- to bongos. Yeah. yeah, I like how these songs bleed into each other. Like there's yes. no the transition was really so good. Cool lead in. Yeah, that's fun. Keeps you like in the moment and like leaning in, trying to listen to what what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Although I personally really hated like the weird like vocal choices at the very beginning not the actual lyrics but like the na 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 like the weird creepy yeah, like the, monster uh, vocals oh really i liked yeah. it it reminded me of the it reminded me of like the dandy warhols like this feels like like things For that sure. the dandy warhols would do yeah i don't know why but i i wasn't feeling it at the no, beginning it's weird, of the song but it's i like it because it's weird yeah, it adds like a darker tone to DC Talk than what you really have heard up to this point, I think. Like kind of mm-hmm. brooding almost. Definitely. Interesting at yeah. least. Mm-hmm. Which fits for the whole record, I feel like. It's almost like Kevin Max is trying for almost the vocal hook that he got from Jesus Freak that kind of makes and sets that song apart. Right. He's looking mm-hmm. for something similar to kind of yep. hook. That's that's a yeah. good point it that it kind me. of harkens back to that like weirder yeah. um, melodic choice. Yeah, this felt like a real Kevin record. Like it does. more so. And we've talked on both of our other DC Talk episodes how we wanted more Kevin moments. And it feels a little a little monkey's paw to me that we got it all over this record. 
because yeah. it might be a little too much, Kevin. Mm. Too much, Kevin. Not enough whisper, Toby. Right. Oh, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I said, like, no, no, no. Did, we don't want whisper, Toby. <laughs> he actually is singing this chorus, though. Like, that That's was true. one of the That's rare yeah. singing Toby moments on this record. Mm-hmm. And it's Which nice. Yeah, it's good. It works. Like, this is a great a great moment for him, I think, on the record. TJ, did you like the lyric, uh, love plunge? <laughs> I don't know, That sounds man. like a spinal tap lyric. <laughs> yeah. It gave me weird feelings. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to think, to be honest. Conflicted. Right, like, it sounds yeah. like it'd be in that, in that big bottom song by Spinal Tap. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. On Smell um, the Glove. What do you think about the submarine noises too on the nose? <laughs> no, I, that's I liked what I, wrote. It. I love them. Yeah, I thought I was it was super cool. Pro because sonar. it syncs with the beat, like the sonar works yeah. because it's right on the, you know, right in time, rhythmically. Yeah. If it wasn't, I'd be like, they could have done that better. I feel like that would have bothered me, but I feel like because they, right, you know, put the extra work in to make sure it lined up, that was very satisfying for me. I really enjoyed it. It made you it. It took you on a journey uh, musically in the song. I like right before it too. There are like some disco mm-hmm. strings, like yeah. low in the mix. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I yeah. dig this song, and I like the the visuals that they're creating, like on the verses, like the kind of corporate punching the clock, you know, being out of touch, and then trying to like flip that, um, having something that can, you know, kind of revive you and um, jumping into that thing with all your heart, like. I like the 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 counterbalance, I guess, or the the juxtaposition between these the pictures that is being painted in the verses, and then the chorus kind of like redeeming that or bringing it back. But guys, um, it yeah. is way too long. <laughs> That's true. I it plays along it. a little bit. I, I do. Like, you guys it. like the, those notes that Tate? I think it's Tate's hitting there towards the end that are just way up there. Yeah. Like hearing him in concert, they're pretty cool. But I, mm-hmm. I just love him belting yeah, it from up there. Music. Gorgeous. No, I, I like the length because, I mean, I wrote down, you could have ended at 348, which I'll give you is pretty long. So maybe cut a course before then. But I do like at the end, they change it up. Like Toby's doing his little jump, which I like. Him, like hype man Toby's coming back here, which right. I feel like he really enjoyed getting to do that for the little times on this record. But they yeah. do like that chromatic like dissension again that and mm-hmm. i feel like it just it mixes things up a little bit and i did want to mention i really love that they go how they go into the chorus with that because like i feel like most of the time when you're going into a chorus you're like going you go you're up. building up yeah but they go yeah. down and chromatically it's weird uh-huh. and it really worked for me i really like yeah. that yeah like a dive like a submarine yeah. oh mm. man, that's so rad Dang. it all makes sense I'm, I'm here for it. Knowledge. So far, this record, production-wise, um, it seems like a lot of thought went into it, mm-hmm. which I'm here for. Well, guys, we got anything else on Dive? I was going to say this seems to be, I guess, the cover inspiration where mm-hmm. we're getting oh, yeah. the idea of the ship on the sea kind of thing. Well, and I feel like it links up to the the final track as well. Yeah, but not the title like track, oddly. Right, I'll right. Talk more about that later. <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll get there. There's this. This album <laughs> does get weird. There's a little disconnect, <laughs> for sure. Let's move on to track number four. Consume me. Like 
y'all seen the music video for this? I'm so sure I have. Ago. I don't remember it at all. Yeah, remind us. Refresh our memories. It's kind of this dystopian society, almost like a Gattaca or a pre-Matrix yes. with their wearing the masks. Right. The breathing masks kind of thing. Kind of odd. Mm-hmm. Voice for the type of song that it is, but <laughs> interesting at least. <laughs> like, let's get real artsy with our worship song music video. Yeah, it was like a straight-ahead worship song and they were like let's mix things yeah. up we need to be there more avant guard yeah <laughs> there is a real weird like as dc talk kind of kept going like this like aesthetic and sonic disconnect <laughs> of like the music <laughs> they were making versus like what they what they wanted their vibe to be mm-hmm. yeah yeah i would attribute some of that to uh especially this latter part of dc talk where they were trying to share ideas and share where they're going with things. They didn't quite have the single vision caster for the band that Toby was right. for really the right. first two, uh, Free at Last and Jesus Freak. This was kind of more all of them and really more Max, Kevin Max, just kind of asserting some of his musical right. influences and desires. And then even Tate getting a lot of opportunities to have his vocal moments like Seal and do do that smooth vocal yeah. thing that he's kind of featuring on here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Josh, I've never seen any of the members play any instruments. I, I assume they do, but do you know like how involved they are in like writing the music for like their s- multiple solo albums and careers since then? Solo question. albums, they um, Toby Mac does s- some of the songwriting. I don't know that he plays an instrument. To be honest with you, Kevin Max would play the keyboard early on in DC Talk when they were kind of more like Toby Mac and these two guys that sing with him because he was a little <laughs> awkward and stand behind the keyboard. Toby Mac and, and friends. Kevin, yeah, right. And Kevin can play the keyboard pretty well, um, even even now as a solo artist. I don't know about his guitar skills, but I don't think Tate plays anything at all. So it's hmm. interesting when. Sometimes some people will make the case that DC Talk isn't even a band because they're more of a, a right. boy band or a, right. Right. a group like a than they are a band because they don't play the yeah. instruments. They're more of just the front men of a band with some really great players. Like That's one thing that Toby's always been great at is surrounding himself with amazing talent, even in right. his solo career. Right. So Building great lineups. And that is a skill. Mm-hmm. Listening to this made me think of like, it's like the, the Christian um, every breath you take. Like yep. it's like it's like a little sweet, but also a little creepy. If you if if you're looking at it through that way, <laughs> yes, of like yes, you can. Yes, okay. Me. Are you gonna bring up like a what? burning uh, flame was, running through my veins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a little unsettled by the like a puppet on a string line. Yeah, and um, the what's the you invade my space? Um, so so I was listening <laughs> right, to this yeah. on the drive back from a camping trip with my wife, and she was literally just like shaking her head and like <laughs> we need to talk to these guys about boundaries and advocating for their boundary needs um in jest uh but it, it out of context if you kind of don't know you know what the heart of the song is or what the the subject matter actually is it could be really just like with the police like every breath you take like that's terrifying i'll be watching right. you i'll be watching you as you, you consume, consume me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is one of those classic examples of a Christian song that is it being sung to God? Is it being sung to a girl? Right. I feel like mm-hmm. in either yeah, context, it could song. work. So it's almost kind of like this was their push. Supernatural was their push 
well, really the end of Jesus Freak when they released uh, Just Between You and Me with a mainstream push behind it was. But this really was their attempt to go mainstream. So you see them trying to balance their fan base and not be mm. leaving them completely in the dust. But then you mm-hmm. also see them trying to cloak it a little bit more and be a little bit more vague so that the mainstream audiences could uh, maybe attach to some of the songs. And I think this is one of the songs that they really tried to push it out there with. And also the, the next one after this, um, my friend so long, I think it was the first single. So mm. Yeah, they try. They shot for it, and I don't. I don't think they really got to probably Didn't where they were the shooting for. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel mm-hmm. like going back, like the choice of consumi in like Christian culture, especially like in worship music. I feel like all the worship songs, like song titles, it's so hard to differentiate them because mm. people will be like, "Oh, we're gonna play this song this week," and I'm like, "There's like 15 worship songs by that title, bro. Like, <laughs> oh, you yeah, got to right. tell me what more, like, what song you're referring to." <laughs> but it, and so maybe it was like. Hey, let's do consume me. No one else is using that. And probably because it's kind of weird. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it yeah. took a big swing it's, there. It's you know? unique. Yeah. There's only one consume me. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, they still managed to fit in some fire and water and baptism references. Yep. So you get some of the Indeed, other cliches. For sure. <laughs> kind of yeah. thrown oh, in. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My hot take is I love the pre chorus a thousand times more than the chorus. That there's no place I'd rather be. Be yes, yes. one hundred percent. Way better. Yeah, because like the call, call and response kind of vibe of it yeah. is like it hook it hooks itself in your brain more. Yeah, it starts at one hundred three. Can you just play that real quick? So you yeah, 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 yeah. Hear that? I like it way more than the chorus. It feels way more dynamic and interesting. It's so good. You get to hear the vocal interplay of the two great vocalists, uh-huh. too, yes. kind of like weaving in and out. Yeah. Yes. No, I like that. Um, I do like the bridge a lot, too, but better than the yeah. better than the choruses. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I don't love Kevin's like Middle Eastern vocal run at the end of the song. Mm-hmm. He's like you know using a different like where he does scale. Like, is it? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't love it. It feels really out of place. He really uh, yeah. leans into that in his first solo record for mm-hmm. sure with Return of the Singer, that song. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Oh, Existence. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Kylan. I was low in the yeah. mix. I was already kind of like, oh, the song's over. I wasn't listening, but good <laughs> <laughs> catch. <laughs> yeah, man, I got you. I Yeah, I did my due diligence this time around. That uh, line aside, one thing that I was realizing about my sort of enjoyment of this band writ large is that when they're just kind of jamming and vibing i'm the most dc talk fan that i can be like i feel like that's what i really the last enjoy. minute and a half of every song is well peak. not it, it, it could happen across at any point in, the, in any song but it's these moments where they kind of just jam on something and they're doing those kind of like ad lib lines like kind of like we were talking about where you know, Tate really goes for like a high soaring vocal line or Kevin's getting right. technical with something where they're doing some of that scat biz. Like if it's executed well and if it's done tastefully, those are some of my favorite moments across their discography. Yeah. This album definitely had a, a few examples. Yeah. And I hate that they save it for the end of a lot of their songs. It's like yes. if I can edit right. it, yeah, I yeah. cut out like a minute and a half of the middle section just so they could keep those interesting yeah, exactly. parts at the end of the songs. Cause so, you're right. I mean, a lot of these mm-hmm. songs are running four or five. One of them is six minutes long. 
Right. And I feel like as a modern music listener now, I've kind of gotten a little bit spoiled with some of the songs that are like two and a half, three minutes, say your thing and get out. Mm-hmm. But like what like what you're saying, TJ. Even with the interesting musical moments, it's like a good portion of Christian music is afraid to let songs breathe by not feeling like they have to fill the space with words. Right. And I think that has a lot yeah. to do with the talent of the players. I think I just maybe mm-hmm. this is just a hot take that I'm coming with here. Like they're not confident just to let it breathe and let the the music play. Um, one of the things I noticed about 80s music, which I was listening to in the car the other day on a long car ride, is there's almost a solo. In every single song, yes. in a lot of modern right. music and Christian music specifically, there's no guitar solos. There's nothing that really nope. has songs stand out one from another because there's not a whole lot of interesting things happening. Right, they're right. just repeating the chorus over and over and over and over with words. You know, I think I think yeah, you're, you're hitting on something that I, I both of y'all I think are hitting on on that thing because. You know, I, I vacillate wildly between my opinions, song to song, record to record. But generally, you know, on the show, I say I don't like long songs. But every now and then, there'll be a really long one, and you guys are thrown for a loop. And I'm like, I really like it. And I think it's kind of what you were talking about, Josh, of like, if it's not just like, because we talked about this on on uh, Take Me to Your Leader. Like, Newsboys has this problem a lot mm-hmm. where they don't have enough song. But also too much song, like they just like so they just repeat. But I like when bands just like kind of jam and let stuff breathe in that way. Like you're not filling it yeah. all by just repeating like one little part. Like I love it when you can just kind of let it organically be what it is. Yeah. Well, then I remember when we were doing Thrive. I think there was like multiple songs on that record where like it would just go. Peter would go from singing verse to the chorus to go straight into verse two to go to the chorus to go just straight into the bridge. Right. Like there was vocals. it was just like Peter was just always singing. There was mm-hmm. no break right. and stuff. So yeah, maybe by that point it was like, all right, let's just fill in the space. Like you're like, why would I listen to a Lauren Daigle record if she's going to have thirty seconds of not Lauren Daigle singing? Maybe like <laughs> <laughs> it's just wild. Yeah, right. It, it's all about yeah. the kind of the values of the music culture of that era or of that genre and, you know, and the interplay between the musician or the artist and the listener. And yeah, I think some people just appreciate when an artist that does have skill and is proficient at their instrument allows that space for the spontaneity to happen for the organic like ideas to, to bubble up and for there to be a really interesting solo or kind of a, a new progression that switches up the direction of the song. But some people just want, they want Lauren, you know, like front to back right. with no space in between. I feel like we're all saying we're vibe guys on this episode right now. <laughs> yeah. At least at the moment. Like I'm the here vibes. for it. Uh, <laughs> my friend, welcome. Uh, track number five, my friend, so long. I heard your record on the telephone. It was my cousin Joan. She picked it up in the top 40 rack and then. I read your interview in Rolling Stone. You threw the so I genuinely felt obliged to call. I know you never meant to hurt us, man. We're just a baby. This is such a weird song, and I love it so much. Can I say yes. something before we yes, get too far into it? This is my favorite song on the record. Oh. I wondered. Yes. <laughs> this is it's the one I wanted you to like. So weird. It is it's so, so weird. weird and unexpected, especially because so much of the record is like so dark and moody and brooding and like minor key piano it's like mm-hmm. what is this 
It's incredible. It's so bizarre. Yeah, and they they would always do like a lot of pop culture references on like their older stuff. And this was is this mm-hmm. the only song with pop culture references on this record? Mm-hmm. Or at least uh, yeah, for ones? sure. For sure. Outside like of the Beatles the reference in the one. first song, yeah. Right. This is right. True. Yeah, this is another one where Toby sings a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's it true, works. which is cool. Because I feel like this one is kind of, since it's a curveball, it's cool that it gets to be Toby's curveball <laughs> a little bit. Um, two things. Did y'all think that Guitar Line was reminiscent of either Lithium or Come As You Are or somewhere like in between it, it kind sounds of is. so much like both, yeah like the guitar lines of both of those songs like it, yeah. it has such a nirvana vibe it it really does yeah. it's like weezer doing nirvana there it is yes the that birds. is great that is it's a like great surfy, yes but right. it's grunge but it's like uh, 90s alt rock but it's like yes you know yeah. it's so weird it makes so much sense why you why you love this song Kyla. <laughs> it's so good it's like it doesn't feel like a dc talk song but yes, no. all of those comparisons, CJ, are so good. I love the chorus, like how prominent the bass is in the mix when they just go between those two notes in the chorus. And then mm-hmm. like the weird like radio transition into Jesus Freak halfway through. You're just like, the what the hell is happening? Like, okay, it's, so it's so good. I, I want everyone's so takes here. Did you guys, you liked that? The, I loved the, it. The, the I Jesus Freak sample? It. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a little clunky, 100%. to be honest. I mean, all of it's kind of mashed together. It feels like three different songs kind of smashed into each other. Yes. So some, it could be clunky. It is a little clunky, but I think it's just a cool callback. Yeah, I didn't I like, the like concept. it. I didn't like it. I wanted the execution like to be cleaner. Yeah, it felt too... It felt more pluggy than callback to me. Like mm. I get how it can kind of like the idea could relate to the subject matter of this song, mm-hmm. but it felt too much of just like being like, "Hey, remember we did this huge song three years ago?" Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like I don't know, like a way of like maybe the studio was like, "This is a weird song for DC Talk. Maybe we need to like remind people Jesus Who free kind of thing." Yeah, I don't right. know. It just didn't work for me. I love well, everything else about the song though. And, like, that makes sense, like, whether it was the band or, like, kind of a choice from from outside of their inner circle, it makes sense because Jesus Freak, I feel like, was a weird song for the time that it came out. You know, like, it was a little, like, of a curveball and kind of bizarre in its own way. So for all the songs on this record to have that inclusion, this one feels like the right one. And Josh, I like your point about like it is kind of a mishmash of three songs in one. And so throwing the sample in kind of like off kilter like that, when when I'm looking at it through that lens, I can see how that does kind of make sense. Like it's they just like so snuck it in there. For me, it, it did the same kind of thing that a really, really, really good bridge does in that like, you know, I was starting to get a little tired of the song and then it kind of. It it perks you up because you're like, wait, what what is going what on? Yeah. And then by the time by the time you process it, you're like your your palate's refreshed and ready to go like back into the song. Mm. It was just so unexpected that like it 
cracked me up in the best way. I was like, <laughs> what? What is this? Okay. This is wild. I'm glad okay. you liked I'm, it. Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. it was a huge swing. Huge it. swing. And so regardless of whether it was successful on whatever those parameters are individually, for me, the fact that there is a swing like this was enough to make it successful. Mm. You liked where they were coming from. Yeah. No, that makes so sense. Yeah. Here's, here's my counterpoint to your to your point, Josh. Um, because of what the song's about, this is kind of uh, this is about a fictitious fourth it. member of DC Talk, <gasps> right? That didn't exist, and so right. they're writing about uh, what would happen if one of us left to go mainstream and was really successful. And so the counterpoint that I would that I would make is that it works there because there's there's this is a classic example. And I know that's probably the second and maybe the third time I've even said classic example, but I have to say it again um, in Christian music of the paranoia of what like a, the sellout of being successful in the mainstream, which I find odd because this whole album was right. a push and a try for that. So I don't I, don't, I guess I don't understand. <laughs> right. We've talked about that before in other albums, like bands trying to keep their street cred. Trying to mm-hmm. not be perceived as being sellouts. How important but, yeah, that was. It's kind of funny that it's a paradox in this era. <laughs> well, and it, and it's doubly that in Christians, because like in regular mm-hmm. artists are concerned about selling out, but then in Christian music, you're also like, oh, you don't want to like sell out the gospel to go secular. So it's like you can sell it. Oh, twice, you're not a Jesus freak anymore. You're yeah, you're yeah. This. So it's like right. Right. there's double right. entrapment of selling out. It's interesting double that it's like this kind of future hypothetical. Josh, that's that's cool context because I was yeah, wondering. I, didn't know that. I was like, who are they singing to or about? Yeah, they had to answer so many questions about like, is this about one of the members of the band rewriting this to each other? They literally mm-hmm. made up just this fictitious scenario that that's wild. ultimately kind of ended up. None of them actually were successful in mainstream, but they all, of course, went their separate ways. But right, like, right. I always thought that was kind of cool for that reason that they were going outside the norm of what I what I'd typically seen in Christian music anyway was like making up a story that wasn't true and then make, writing a whole song about it. And then the music video for it is, is pretty fun too. If you've ever seen that, it's pretty wild to see them kind of enact such a weird yeah. song in the music video. Hmm. Oh, that's fun. They, Worth they, a watch. The video follows the story of the song. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's, that's right. fascinating. Yeah. Have to yeah, check that, that. Can we, can we talk about the bridge? The it's like the or I don't know I guess it's the bridge it's like at two eighteen, um or at two minutes at two minutes the music flips and goes to that like halftime breakdown, and that's again a descending oh, chromatic line, right here kind of like you mentioned in the in the other yeah. song. Josh. So yeah, it feels very like again Beatles like loungy, yeah yeah, and those vocals over the top like, feel like, kind of yeah Freddie Mercury a little bit like. Like kind of spacey queen, and those harmonies too again feel very queen. Oh yeah, uh-huh. that's super queen. Yeah, this would make it in in probably my like top ten DC talk songs of all time. Mm-hmm. Cool. I had to go back and look, but it's my number two. Oh nice of all time of all time DC nice. talk. Wow. Yes, Josh. That's what really it, do cool, you know? Josh. What that voiceover is saying in the bridge too. I've heard oh, yeah. bits and parts of it. I wish it was more forward. I've tried to figure it out, and I've looked on message boards for years. Nobody really knows exactly what it is. That to- Toby's saying something there. Um, it's more. It's like I, a I PSA. Too, I wonder if we can isolate it. Fun. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I, there's some lyrics on Spotify where it says like the moral of like this. This story is like fictitious, but it is like stay true to your friends or something. There's bits of it that hmm. I catch. That, 
but I don't think it's that all sounds the about right. There's there's more of it that's there than that because I think I have there's heard that more, before. Yeah, there's more because the, there are some lyrics on Spotify, but he says more than there are lyrics. So mm-hmm. I was curious if you know. No, I wish I did. If I had that nugget, I definitely would have brought it to the table. <laughs> I appreciate. It. Well, it's thanks cool for what a wild yeah. song. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. I it made me think of this, and so I bet like I bet Kevin has thought of this. That was like it made me think of the Smiths paint a vulgar picture, where it's about like this artist. And I'm like, mm. knowing that Kevin is a big Smith fan, I bet he I bet at least once in his life he's been like, This is art paint a vulgar a vulgar picture. Yeah. He could have curved it straight from him, honestly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so Josh, is this your favorite song on this record? Yes. Yeah, it's absolutely my favorite. Sweet. Nice. All right. Cool. We've got two down. I'm so excited. I don't know why. I'm I'm like extra excited that we share a favorite song on this record. No, that's awesome. I love that. I think I think I think maybe because we're I'm trying I'm trying to to recover from the jars of clay thing. And I want you to like me so bad. So I'm really excited. <laughs> Trying to get back in his good things. graces. Uh, no worries there. You're, you're liked no matter what. It's okay. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's, it. it's a it's childhood so drama thing. So I'm, you know, I'm. <laughs> That's really sweet, Kyle. Thanks, man. Uh, that felt fearless to admit. Uh, so let's say, move on. I'm a little <laughs> scared to go to the next song, Kylan. Don't fearless. be, don't be. Let's all be fearless together and move on to track six. Fearless. To <laughs> yeah, earlier we set phasers to bongo. Now we're setting phasers to phase. <laughs> <laughs> I really only have one major major note on this, so I'm just get it out of the way, and then we can open it up. Um, at this point in the record, like I, I honestly, I wish this song was only like a minute and a half, like interlude kind of thing. Mm. Like I thought, I wish it was just this kind of intro thing, and it didn't need to go into the whole song. It was too long. But if it was just like, I think it would be perfect on this record if it was just like a short little interlude. Oh man, I couldn't agree with you more. Like my note on this song, other than I might just consider cutting it off the track list completely, is that it's about two times too long. So if I could cut two minutes and 20 seconds out of the middle of it and keep what's happening at the end, which I think is the most interesting part of the song, and then have them fade it out a little sooner, I think it's fine as a song. It works. Uh, Mm Because I know they need to use some, they need to have some energy at the record here, but not bring it too far down. Uh, So it could work for that as almost like the last track of side A. Um, But otherwise, like this, we're getting to a part of the record where I have most of my issues. I'll just say that. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Interessante. Same. Yeah. The choruses are just like so 90s, which is kind of fun in a way, like in a retro way. You're like, oh, yeah. Overall, the song's okay, but like my big note on this song, especially towards the end, is this is Hey Jude. <laughs> like it, no, yeah, it completely uh-huh. is. Like they do the na na nas, no, and right. then there's like, mm-hmm. oh man, I'll see if I can find it. But it's Kevin. Someone starts doing the "You don't have to fear this" in a very Jude 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 Jude. Like this is Hey Jude, and there's that like jamming piano, guitar happening over it, just like. This is the most musically interesting part of the song right here. Yeah. But the Nas, right? 
Yeah, that's right. It's just straight hate you. It also, to me, feels like, I don't know, beca- because I have Hey Jude to compare it against, I'm like, it's Hey Jude, but not as good. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the na-na-nas and the guitar line are fighting, and the guitar line feels like it doesn't fit at all in that moment of the song. I don't know. I was I was being very, like, clinical with this, like with the song structure at that point. I was like, okay, like, this, it's too chaotic. Like, I want a section with the guitar, you know, happening, and then I want a section with the na-na's, and then maybe they can meet later to and come together uh, over yeah. me oh, see, right i now. like the chaos <laughs> yeah i like that, the that kind tracks. of chaos the kind of jam <laughs> it just <laughs> yeah it, it just uh, felt like yeah i just felt a like lot a lot at the wall jam to see what sticks and i yeah for my palate it doesn't stick it overwhelms it's like too much right. going on it's like ah, it because it i think i have like the jude or the hey jude as a as like yeah. a shining paradigm now to compare it against yeah, so I it's mean, not you fair. can't top that. Yeah, that part they just played right there—that's the part I'd cut out. I don't—I don't think it fits the song. Oh, mm-hmm. the bridge part. Say, yeah, I don't like the bridge for this song. I really like the bridge. Do you really? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, that's so like, funny. I would cut the bridge and I'd cut the Nas all together and just let the guitar kind of freak out at the end and then fade it out a lot sooner. Sure. Is what I yeah, do. I could be I could into that. that. All right, all right, that's fine. I'll, I'll concede. You know. <laughs> also, can we all agree? We're trying to shave off. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, let's let's shave away, man. I'm I'm down. I said let's just, we're trying to shave off as much of this record as possible. No, no, there's can just we so all much double it on this double record. It more, double longer. It. <laughs> can we agree that there's too much phaser? They doubled down at 317. They, <laughs> they didn't do. just they really put do. the phaser this on the guitar. This song has no business being five minutes long. I don't get it. <laughs> no, no, way too much phaser, man. Phaser on the voice now. Let's go. <laughs> phaser on Kevin. <laughs> it it feels like phaser phaser was to toby mac on this record what drum machines were to peter furler on step up to the microphone yes. it's like maybe he like just discovered it and he's yeah. like this is Got the coolest thing ever on everything <laughs> <laughs> slap it on that slap he it heard on van halen yeah. for the first time he's like this is great <laughs> <laughs> yeah lyrics that i i had a little bit of a hard time with the and i guess is that the bridge that's like the um some of us leave the vine some of us fall in line and then they try to like pander a little bit with the all of us have a friend in jesus but then they go back to some of us live in fear some of us persevere i don't know it felt a little like heavy-handed cut it all like, why do we need that it was too yeah. on the nose too cliche that's right. what i'm saying that part it just doesn't fit the song i didn't feel like all yeah. right all right does anybody know also what it means to fly the heavenlies what does that mean fly the skies <laughs> fly. Right, fly the friendly skies i don't know Heavenlies is just a interest because they were like, well, we already used up our quota of normal cliches, so like, let's open up a thesaurus for skies. Yeah, like, they had to mm, rhyme with inside that's... of me, so they said, "Fly the heavenlies." Lees. Lees. That it works, works <laughs> right, guys? Okay, that's some grammar jams now. This feels a little <laughs> lazy. That though. you know, they were yeah, feeling yes. fearless, guys. Like, they were feeling for that rhyme. <laughs> yeah, they were. But you know, thank God that's over. Hopefully, this next song is a godsend. Track seven, Godson. So they love the sha da 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 seal thing. 
The Michael oh, yeah. Tate special right there. Like he, yep. he loves his shot at us. So smooth. Yeah, this is that classic like, Muzak DC talk sound, you know, like mm-hmm. the waiting room elevator music kind of thing. Like For sure. Yeah, I kind of wrote that like all these like like start to blend together. Like everything sounds like 115 BPM. Yeah, Muzak is a good It's just so mellow. Comparison. It's, you know? It just feels like it feels like such filler already. Like I couldn't focus on lyrical content or anything because it was just so filler. And this whole record reminded me of like, like how everything today is like a ten episode, ten hour long streaming series instead of like just being a movie. Like this just could have been a movie. <laughs> I don't need to know. Like because then inevitably, like episodes five through seven, like nothing happens. Because they right. just have to spin the wheels for their episode order, right? And this is how the, this felt. Yeah, it felt like we're it, getting into some quantity over quality here. It's too close to consume me. I think like they're yeah. too similar. Pick mm-hmm. one and keep it. And lose the other mm-hmm. one, as far as I'm concerned. I like that take. It has like in the choruses and then like some of the verses. They have like that like wad funk guitar which i was like mm-hmm. this and some sweet su- sweet bass it just suggests that it's like kind of like sexy time music yeah for sure it's like the ccm isaac hayes version or something <laughs> well it is like a like, love song like it's a pretty overt is, love song right so but throwing like that the in there they, they had to know that's what is going to be inferred it's like if i put this wad for guitar sure. in there they're gonna think this, and they did it on. Yeah, you have to expect purpose. him to drop into like yes. boys to men low voice there at some point. Hey, girl, <laughs> right, right. You hey, got me. Hey, oh, I would you love never meant to me. hurt you. <laughs> if they you. if they just went so hard in that direction, I'd be here for it. <laughs> yeah, commit to the bit, right? We love that here at Trish Hams now. Besides that, I'm just like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> this is my least favorite song on the record. It's not my least favorite, but it's it's close. It's oh, it's, it's this not? would be on my cut list. No, not it's my, my least favorite. Second, second least favorite for me. Okay, sweet. All right. Well, let's just go ahead and move on then to track number eight. Wanna be loved. No, this is it. I hate this song. Cut it from the album. That's it. You hate it? Oh, really? You hate this? this is my least Whoa. favorite on the album. Whoa. Whoa! Tell me okay. why. Yes, yes. Tell we gotta, we gotta let's get into this. Let's get into this. Do you, uh, Josh, do you need the soapbox? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We need to get into the soapbox. soapbox please. Maybe, maybe I do. I don't know if I could go so hard <laughs> on it like that. <laughs> there you go. Okay, there so there are some interesting things happening musically, but it feels too long, even at. 415 right and i just don't feel Mm. like it just feels like a cliche filler song that's got a little bit of volume to it so we can pick the energy back up in the middle part of the record where it's sagging these three songs right here in a row i think the track listing does them no justice and i think right i just i don't like the song i wouldn't miss it if it were gone i don't know what else to say about it i can't be mean about it or anything does it change your opinion of it to think of it in these terms this is 100% a Hanson song. There it is. Does it make it better or worse like, for me to think of it as a Hanson song? <laughs> does, does, it does, does it change? Because yeah. it, this is a Hanson song. Like, 
from the kind of like gospel organ thing, mm, the vocal performance, the harmonies, it's all super Hanson. Yeah, it's well, it's Hanson doing Jackson their Five. Their voices just had not doing dropped. Aretha Franklin. But yes, well, that's kind of their. Well, and thing. I like yeah, Hanson, like, so that right, maybe that yeah. helps a little bit. But I don't know the lyrics to this one. I think just bug me. That might be the. Main <laughs> but that's thing. also just part so of what makes it a like, Hanson song. It feels like it was written by twelve-year-olds. Yeah, like the whole thing. <laughs> we all want to be loved. I'm like, you're not saying anything that no one knows here. Like, you're not breaking right. any new lyrical ground. But I have a lot of fun with the music on this one. Like, come on, it's good. It bops, yo. It bops, mm-bops. for sure, but... It mbops. It mbops, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I found myself more in the last five to six years, really just... I don't know what it is about the song, but it just... just give it I can't do it. I skip it. Yeah, you have to be a vibe guy for this song, I think. <laughs> for sure. Um, I was vibing all over the place with this song. My first note was, this pre-course got me feeling things. Like, <laughs> I don't know, the way they step it up, like, I was... The first, the whole verse, I was like, whatever. Then the pre-course, I was like, oh, okay. So. It's because they set you up with the sexy time music with Godson. <laughs> right, <before>. yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe. No, that was it. not working for me. <laughs> I just love gospel organ. We just need more gospel yeah. organ in everything. Yes, this felt like a callback to Free at Last a little I, bit. Like, I was let's just going to say, a little bit. you know, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a surprise because you do have to be a vibe guy to love this song and that's why it might be a shocker that this is my favorite song on the album Oh, because it's a bop because it's free at last part two because it's Hanson doing Jackson 5 doing Aretha Franklin (laughs) because there's some slapping organ on there because the vocals are strong because you can tell they're having fun because the concept is great even if it is simple Who's mad about a song talking about wanting to be loved? Like, how can you be mad about that? The party sounds, there's like Foley party sounds. The drums and the bass are just funky enough. I'm I'm going off here. I guess I stole right, the soapbox, right. but I want to be loved. I give I it back to TJ, you. TJ, TJ, yeah. Most importantly, TJ. What? Tell me. Kevin Scats is back. Kevin Scats. Kevin Scats. <laughs> He's back in the house, yo. Oh, Let's we go. miss Kevin Scats. Oh. You might have converted me. That was passionate. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. A moment from three star song up to three and a half. How about that? There you go. This song just wants to be loved, man. I appreciate that, man. I'm feeling the love. It just wants a little respect. You're (laughs) right, though. It would fit right next to. It would fit right there in the track listing on Free at Last before or after Free at Last. Oh yeah. So okay, but that's kind of the thing, though. One thing I. Kind of similar to my favorite song. It goes back to kind of what we talked about in part A of like, this album is just kind of all over the place. And this feels like it doesn't, it feels like it doesn't fit on this record. (laughs) Totally. Like it shouldn't be on this record. Like as much as I love it, it should not be on this record. Like at all. (laughs) Like Like it could have been uh, an idea from Free at Last Era that they didn't ever finish. And they they finished it here. And they're like, yeah, "Yeah, slap it on the record. Right. Right. They're like, we've had this song forever. We're... We're all not speaking, anyways. Let's just we're, like throw we're it. We're too on. broody. We need something fun, guys. Yeah, yeah. They, the album need a little more like happy energy. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like because yeah, it's not it's not like saying anything profound or like blowing anybody's mind, but it's just like a good vibe. It's just like happy and right, like kind of lifts the lifts the album energetically and thematically, which I sure. I appreciate it. I I, I kind of needed a little bit. Of I think that we did need we did need an energy lift. Uh-huh. I I agree with all of the above. Yeah, it's a fun one. I, I just I'll cut Godson and said, and then we can keep yes. that one. How about okay, that? okay. Well, I'll I'm take that for that. That's right that's on. a good compromise. I like it. All right, I'm the only one. 
with a favorite track yeah, still. We have and I just want to say, yeah. the truth to what my favorite track is, is out there. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, here we go. Next track, track nine, The Truth. Not counting the intro and the trees in the sea, at the time of this recording, this is the least streamed song. Mm. Good. Uh. Good. Because <laughs> this, this song is dumb. Colin, I think like... I know why, like, why that's the case. I think what happened is the X-Files hired DC Talk to have them write their theme song, <laughs> and then they hated it, and so they, they rejected it. They didn't it. pick it up, yeah. And then DC Talk was like, shoot, what do we do with this random what song this that was made egg. specifically for the X-Files? And then they tried to sell it to a bunch of film noir detective flicks, <laughs> and they also didn't accept it. And then they were like, oh, man, we threw, we threw Wanna Be Loved on the album. We've got this song laying around. Should we throw it on next? I guess it's like PBS X Files. It's like <laughs> it's <Yeah>. PBS <laughs> Files. Like like <laughs> masterpiece theater. Like no budget. It's uh, I just I hate this song. I think it's so dumb. Oh, this is my man. least unsolved, favorite song on the record. Unsolved mysteries didn't even want it. Yeah, oh, exactly. Not even yeah. Unsolved mysteries. <laughs> oh, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel there, man. Oh, man. Kylan, I, I thought the X Files. <laughs> Nature of this song would appeal to you, but I it's was wrong. So dumb. No, because it's the classic DC talk thing of like they cannot help but be on the nose, and all of them in their solo careers have yes. kind of like Thank shown you. this as well. That's just like that's just what they do. That's what you go there to them for. And this was just mm-hmm. so like it just felt like like they had this instrumental. They're like shit. What do we? What do we? Re- well, we just watched X Files for four hours on on Fox last there. night. Perfect. Like, let's do something like that. Like <laughs> Christians don't know about X Files. It'll seem totally original. Like, <laughs> like we wrote. I don't know, that. man. It was so dumb, and the snare was so flabby. I guess I need the soapbox, guys. Um, <laughs> it's like just. Like, the truth is, Kylan, you can have the soapbox, man. <laughs> and well, it's the whole kind it's of a thing of like see though. The thing, it's the same kind of thing to me of like, like those Christian t-shirts that have like, it'll say like the, it'll be like the Reese's logo, but it's like risen and you know, it's Mm -hmm. just like appropriating (laughs) other pop culture. Yes. I I just hate. It does feel like that. (laughs) And I feel like I would be able to get into it on a thematic level or a conceptual level if the takeaway was like, you know, sometimes there are things that are just mysterious. If they if the idea right. was basically flipped, like the truth is maybe out there, like if they were leaving some room for interpretation or like experiential, you know, some subjectivity. But instead, like you said, it's that on the nose, heavy handed, like Jesus Reese's like yeah <laughs> flavor to the lyricism. And it doesn't it, it didn't compel me. It it didn't do anything for me. So yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, I wanted it very to very like much it. panders to the audience. It very right. much panders to their audience, yeah. and they know their audience at this point. It's yep. just kind of you're right. It's on the nose. I could leave this on the track list. I could live without it. Like there's at one point where I've cut the track list down to nine tracks, and I was like, this would be perfect. Oh <laughs> wow! Four yeah. and a half stars. 
Nice. But this would be one of the casualties. That's a good link for, sure. for a record. Yeah. Mm, yeah. The good. Fat. Get it out of here. It is. We don't need it. And honestly, <laughs> at nine tracks, I think it's still 40 plus minutes long, which is crazy. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. so long. Still <laughs> so long enough. My one positive takeaway from this song was, one, I, I thought the production, when the chorus hit, I feel like it didn't hit as hard as it should have. So I feel like some of the production was a little lacking in that regard. Mm. But mm. my one positive takeaway from this was that I enjoyed how musically adventurous CCM used to be. Like, mm, this yeah, is a weird a song, point. and it, it would weird. never show up on anyone's record. To, like, this uh, would never be on a Mercy Me, on a Sanctus Real song these days. Right, like, right, nowhere right. close. It's all just 6154 worship songs. So I did enjoy that. I was like, it's refreshing at least to like, oh, this was like, this is very People weird and very swings. out there, but they went for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I like that yeah, about yeah. it. Well, and I feel like that's what makes this, like, era and world of music interesting to dip into because there were so much like experimental choices happening there were so many weird yeah big swings that all kinds of bands were taking and dc talk is like paramount among them maybe newsboys they might mm-hmm. they might take the cake with the yeah. <laughs> with the experimental swings but no I, I i agree josh i think this song is at least if nothing else a great example of of yeah like the kind of risks and creative experimentation then uh, I'm I'm wondering this, this is maybe I guess maybe more of a rhetorical question because I don't think there's an answer but maybe just something it'd be interesting to speculate on do you think part of the reason that DC Talk has such a sustained legacy is because they never had an opportunity to sort of go the way of Audio Adrenaline or Newsboys and mm. end up worship. in the more generic worship kind of thing mm. which you know they 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 might have done or they might not have done but like we don't know so i wonder if like they have since there is like this definite stopping point to their output that mm. people tend to revisit those things more and and look on the fun i don't know but i just think that's interesting no, i like that as an idea yeah i know you said it's rhetorical but i think that probably has a lot to do with it like they didn't have an opportunity to in some people's mind, like taint their legacy by doing you know, mm. anything other than what they did. They left people wanting more rather than overstaying their welcome. Right. Yeah. So, right. For sure. And even just thinking about like discographies that are a little smaller, you have a smaller sample size to, to work with and understand what a band is quote unquote. And I could see how the longer a band exists and the more they go the way of the Buffalo, I mean the way of the worship song, Song title, I'm stealing that song away the Buffalo worship song. <laughs> they they dilute their legacy. If 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 not right. like taint it or ruin it, but they they certainly dilute what what people think of when they think of that band and their signature sound. When you have a smaller sample size to pull from with a relatively strong discography, then it's very potent, you know, and people know there's like a a real personality, there's a signature sound. Right. Um so yeah, I th- I think you're dead on. I I, I like that idea, and I think it it does kind of give DC Talk a little staying power, at least in right. in my mind. You figured it out, Kylan. You did it, man. I know. You sleuthed so the truth. Um, I the <laughs> truth is out there, and out. you figured it out. <laughs> I found it, guys. The truth is, I just want to be loved. All right, track ten. <laughs> since I met, since I met you. I've been 
just another weird song. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Yeah, I've got a lot of conflicting thoughts about this song. I was gonna say, Colin, oh, I, much I, I wondered if this might be your favorite. <laughs> if if the other one wasn't, uh, if this song was half as long, it would be. There it is. But they then go back into the slow part. Like it's it just cut it in half. It's too long and it just repeats. It doesn't add anything in the second half. Uh, but I yeah. thought it was really funny that it goes into this like simple plan, like pop punk. It's thing, wild, man. but. But they still can't help but be a pop group. Like they're trying so hard to be like uh-huh. pop punk, yeah, but they cute. cannot pull off the punk. It's yeah. very like mall core, like very like uh-huh. like cutesy. They needed a guest vocalist to do this part, I think, and then they yeah. could have done the the vocals on the rest of it. Would have worked like yeah. a MXPX uh, my career. I was going to say like have oh, my career yeah. on. Well, because they brought Michael Sweden for. What was it? Time is on free at last. So right, they'd right. Done that before, so they yeah. could have done. Yeah, there's a precedent. Can you imagine for my it. career on a DC Talk song. That would be. It would be so good. It would be everyone's favorite DC Talk song. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. This is like a. There's like ska influence or like. Yes, I wrote. Is this a ska song? <laughs> I I wrote this. This song is trying to hang out in the space between mostly white reggae, ska, and punk but it ends up being more of a mismatched dumpster fire of outtakes from actual reggae, ska, and punk bands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for Quote the drummer. Right. <laughs> like, the, I like the drums on this song, especially at the end. He goes nuts, and I love it. <laughs> it's my favorite part of the song. No, I said this is the least DC Talk, DC Talk yeah. song ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for sure. I'm going to say it's my favorite on the record. Oh, oh I love it. No, it's, it's so, so fun. It's so fun and so weird. It is a it's blast. A, it's such a it's swing. Confusing. Like this whole record yes. is yes. such a swing. You're it's just a swing. like, yeah. I like. I will fully accept the argument. This song does not belong on this record, <laughs> but no, it's right. I'm glad it was released and found. What about the somewhere? the argument that there's absolutely no reason whatsoever that this song needs to be five minutes long? Okay, I agree. Once they bring it down with Kevin again in the middle, I thought that was going to be the end. Going back into the punk doesn't really need to happen. But it doesn't add fun. anything. To and it. then, yeah, yeah. Okay, but then the outro like gets real trash, canny and crazy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and right. it feels the most like a Mrs. Morgan kind of thing, which they haven't done any skit tracks on the record. So I was like, I'll give them that because. Even like Jesus Freak had Miss Morgan and like the Jesus Freak reprise, mm-hmm. the right. opera guy. So I was like, they haven't <laughs> yeah, done yeah. any of that like off the wall kind of stuff. So, so I'll this give is where them they're getting the last minute stuff. of the song. Yeah, yeah, so that's fair. That's a good. I point. gave them a pass for it. It works really well to keep it this long in concert because they can do things visually with it to keep it interesting. But as uh, mm. just listening to it audio, it is too long. I absolutely agree. There's parts of it that they could probably chop a little bit like just right. get the editor hat on and cut out a minute of it at least somehow uh would make for it more sure. palatable but yeah I, kylan i was just a sucker for all the pop group stuff that they couldn't avoid like you're saying like yeah heaven's la la's in the pre-chorus <laughs> yeah, the yes. michael's yes. like michael's extra parts in the choruses where he sing. i love it like he's singing over stuff so i'm like uh-huh. it's great it's like a song <laughs> on like the lizzie mcguire soundtrack like it's very yes. like yeah they can't help but pop be a pop extra. group no no matter how hard they yeah. try. They tried so many different things yep. and they're just 
at heart a cheesy pop group. And I, I do, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I just okay, thought this outro with the was... bass just going nuts and the drums are just like bonkers. <laughs> that part, that, and that uh, goes back to what I was saying earlier about when they, when they give themselves space to just like let the song breathe and do some weird stuff. Like it's a lot of fun. That almost brought me back to like, okay, maybe this song's okay as is, but it didn't quite. I just like that (laughs) ending. So put that ending at three minutes somewhere, you know, fit it in sooner. Just mash the ending of it to like, uh, my friends along. There you go. It's already. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. So good. (laughs) I did like the lyric. My state of residence is disarray. (laughs) (laughs) headed for party and as far as anybody knew everything was cool (laughs) it's so good charlotte it's so good charlotte it is oh man man. it's a fun song it's (laughs) (laughs) what there's some good stuff in there (laughs) good is one term for it uh it's so fun though it's such a fun song i love that that's your favorite song yeah i was curious if it would be anyone else's Okay, so what's mm-hmm. so funny to me is like so much of this record, even though everything's all over the place, still to me, like if I just like think about the record, it's got a very specific vibe, you know, of, of this kind of like dark and moody record. But all of our favorite songs are all exactly the songs that are the complete opposite of that. The happy one. That's true. <laughs> like, that is true. Like all mm. just the weirdo swings. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. I really like this one. This is probably my third favorite on the record. Nice. Love yeah, cool. it's 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 pretty fun. Okay, guys, let's move on to track number eleven. Into Jesus. They love those minor acoustic arpeggios. Mm-hmm. Guys, love those bongos, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is another one aimed firmly at their listening bass right here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, this got crazy radio play. I remember. That, that's what's so confusing about it. Yeah, I remember loving this song, too. Like, I remember hearing this all the time, being way into it. But This was on, like, a WoW, wasn't it? That feels right. I feel like it must have been. Yeah. yeah, I think it was on WoW 99. Yeah, if I remember correctly, yeah. Mm-hmm. The green one. The green yeah, one. Yeah, oh, man. Okay, but did anybody need to be yelled at? Hey, you! <laughs> hey, you! I'm, I'm in Jesus. Jesus. Hey, you! Like, what? It, it feels like such a... Like, I'm not... I don't know. I, I don't want to, like, you know, harsh the vibe of this song, but but at the same time, it's like, it's it's kind of a nothing song. It's not saying anything, you know? Yeah. Well, it was perfect for, like, That's 11-year-old me. Yeah, of, sure. Like, yeah. I'm into Jesus. I'm into and Jesus. I w- I'm gonna <laughs> like hey you. <laughs> but, it's almost like the uh, the tag to Jesus freak, right? They're taking a negative yes. term and making it positive right. here. They're just like right. This is trying to reclaim it. Yeah. This is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I did think it was funny. Like okay, this was the one I was the most familiar with. So like Toby's mm-hmm. whispering feels more normal. I guess I'm just a I'm just acclimated to it. So I felt right, like it worked right. on this song. But I thought it was funny like them singing my soul is screaming to immediately whispering doesn't like <laughs> yeah. give me that doesn't evoke soul that feeling. But 
Oh, sorry, hey, mom. Sorry. Hello. Sorry, we'll keep it down. Hey, my soul whispers. <laughs> I love the the kid is back. Gotta keep it spooky. Yes. Yeah, it is. Dude, spooky. that I'm what? The kid is back, and I do declare that the sun is shining. He's like You had to get a rap moment in there. But it's yeah. like Foghorn Leghorn rap rap. To I be do fair. declare. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that whole if you just read that as a sentence, hey you, this kid is back, and I do declare, declare the sun is shining, shining. <laughs> was my whole vibe as a child. <laughs> oh, that I almost sure wish that were a reference to something other than an actual lyric he came up with. Right, <laughs> yeah. That would yeah. make it better. It would. For sure. A little like anecdote. Boy, I'll say boy. I'll say boy. Say boy. The sun is shining. The kid is back. The red alert. Guys, the, the guitar just like shreds on this record. Yeah, it does. Like not enough, honestly. Record. A little bit more. Yeah. Yep. And Kevin has a high part at the end that's really catchy that I really liked. You know, I don't. I don't hate this song. Yeah, I like it more than um, "Consume Me." Yeah, mm, or like a token 100%. like worship song. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. It almost feels like it would have fit better earlier in the record rather than right. Mm-hmm. I think it surely would have. Yeah. Because, yeah. like we said, this was a huge one, so it's way deep in the track list which is odd yeah speaking of the next track we'll we'll get into that but uh yeah i definitely feel like i i kept thinking it it, josh it sounds like you've already done this multiple times but i thought multiple times through this record like this needs an alternate track list like this the sequencing is so out of whack and the mac is back on track <laughs> nice. mm. on, on this yeah, whole yeah, record <laughs> I believe that I failed to mention that the chorus in this song is the catchier version of Consume Me so right yes agreed yeah. indeed <laughs> uh, well do you like how we ended talking about I the song do. right as the song ended like that felt really eerie like very supernatural, supernatural. Ooh. Um, let's move on indeed. to track number Number 12, Supernatural. Okay. Josh, are you Josh? Are you going to edit this episode, Josh Olson? Yes. You going to edit this episode? Okay. I need you to double, or maybe triple, or maybe quadruple the sweet, sweet bass sound effect <laughs> for this song. This is the sweetest. Like I said, this is my origin story of sweet, sweet bass. It's so simple. It's it's the three notes. Yeah. But eighth notes that's too. the thing about that's the beauty <laughs> of sweet sweet bass is it doesn't have to be complicated it just it has simple. to be sweet as hell and that's what mm-hmm. this is man it's pretty it's, sweet it's the sweetest it's the sweetest bass so it's a next it's another yeah. no, another it's level exactly up. yeah no mm-hmm. I need you to I need you to to quadruple it I need you to put it four times and then <laughs> make it four tracks pan hard left and right. Like, just make it a whole uh, thing. Layered on top of each other. Okay. Bury some bongos. Bury some bongos. <laughs> As the you last, would. The you last would. ingredient that it needs. Um, it's killing me how true that is. Ah, right. <laughs> uh, this song rules, dude. I was wondering if this was going to be your favorite. I know you can't deny the bass. It mm-hmm. was close, man. 
it's just a, it's just a good song. I like it. It is. I like the vocal performance. I love the heavy guitar. And like the it's reversed so effects in the left mm-hmm. channel of the pre-chorus mm-hmm. is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It feels very like Smashing Pumpkins doing Foo Fighters. Yeah. Like that's it. Because like the Corgan's voice, like the like it's not right. cool. But it it still has those big hits, like the chuggy right. drums and guitar. Like it's it's very fun. It's a rocker. Yep. In my alternate track list, I would have cut the intro and led the album off with this song, boom, right out of the gate. Ooh, I love that. I love fun. That would have been yeah. good. Let the let the title track like make the statement instead of having make an intro the track that from the doesn't get-go. do anything. Yeah, that's right. Because cool. I feel like I in like this that. in my listen throughs, like this does get a little bit lost because it's like mm. so far. Like it's not like. It doesn't pick up energy in the middle. It doesn't close out the record. It, I feel like the last like three quarters of every record, the last third quarter of like if you break an album into four parts, always gets kind of lost to me. Mm. It's kind of this no man's land. I feel like that's where most bands put their filler. So I thought it was really interesting that they put the title track here. Yeah, and it gets lost because the filler is just before it. Right, uh-huh. exactly. Yeah, true. And then we're yeah, back in it's, with that guitar. It's so good though. Vocal performance, guitar, production. The production is wild. I like <laughs> And you get yeah, you get some more. Hype See, Man Toby. See. I love Hype Man Toby. For the listeners, Josh <laughs> just, just did the t- he lip synced the, the yeah, yeah, yeah that Toby it's does. Coming out of that guitar solo, I legally have I have a legal obligation to do it. You must. Like, that's you true. That's true. It is yeah. it is in his church gym's now contract. It is, yeah. It it's is. in the red letters. Uh, oh, I'm not ready to move on yet. Uh, I do <laughs> want to yeah, say, yeah. I do want to say, I really love the chromatic like walk up crescendo at 2:20. How they go into the bridge, mm-hmm. like vocally, they're like, which is weird yeah. and like spooky. Okay, and here's another thing: the song ends with them saying, "With I think Toby whispering again, mm-hmm. some things <laughs> just can't be explained." And I feel like this record, okay, it's called Supernatural. There's no prevailing theme of like sea and ocean and stuff other than dive and treason at sea. But there's a right. lot of sci-fi on here between mm-hmm. Supernatural there is for sure. and the X-Files song and just how like broody and dark and like kind of minory it is. Like mm-hmm. I wish they would just been like, yeah, this is our sci-fi record and like made right. the cover to do that more and like kind of sprinkled more of that in throughout the record. I think yeah, that I should have been the theme. Yeah, it feels like like the initial idea was to maybe like capitalize on the X Files movie because the X Files movie came out this same year, right? Nineteen ninety eight. Nice, but you're a resident cinephile. I'm looking yeah, at you. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> you're probably right. Yeah, but it felt like there was no follow through. Like it felt like right. that was the idea. The, like yeah, like the maybe they were, they were like they were gonna do a concept album. Mm-hmm. But but kind of like we talked about in part eight, like everyone brought a million ideas to this and kind of wanted to do their own thing. And it felt like right. Kevin really wanted to do this. And, and based on his output guy. since, like he wanted to do a more like horror sci-fi kind of concept record thing. Right. And Michael Tate was just like ready to just hang out and do whatever. <laughs> just here for the <laughs> <laughs> as long as I can display my pipes on this record, I'm yeah, down. Just do whatever you want. Everything. Yeah, like a badass. Yeah, it does feel like the concept didn't quite stick the landing. I like your idea, Josh, of like going more into that kind of like spooky sci-fi 
theme and finding little ways over the course of the track list to like connect it all a little more. Yeah. And to your point, uh, Josh B, like the the supernatural intro idea of like starting the record off with that track could further help like cement that theme early on instead of just like a short intro track where they say the word supernatural a few times. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there probably work. was some trepidation from them about leaning mm. too heavily in that direction based on their fan base and what they might right. expect. Cause mm. I feel like what we're saying here is like the most interesting songs would have been the ones that leaned into the more minor key, spooky, supernatural theme but then so many of the ones that were aimed at radio and that their fan base would have been all about would have not been that so those would have been like consume me um fearless god saying want to be loved truth into jesus for sure and red letters which we'll get to in a minute so they were kind of stuck in between a rock and hard place almost like do we go into the concept or do we like try to appease the the, the target demo? Like, yeah, that's and a like tough place to be. I think it was you were saying earlier. I think it was you, TJ, was saying earlier just about Toby taking more on the production side, doing some singing, not doing the rapping. Mm-hmm. He wasn't really bringing like a, a cohesive theme, kind of like what they had in the other two. Right. So this was like, hey, everybody, bring your ideas. Let's work together on these. They co-wrote all of them together with a few other co-writers on a couple songs. It's that thing that you get when you co-write with too many co-writers. You get too many ideas, and sometimes right. they work, and sometimes they don't. Yep. Things just get kind of diluted. Too many co-writers in the kitchen. That's what they always say. <laughs> that yeah, is what they always that's say. That's the expression, I think. Well, I don't have anything clever. Here's track 13, Red Letters. <laughs> wild we're 13 songs into a 14 song album and i haven't lost steam yet yeah i'm surprised yeah right maybe you like the weird track list <laughs> maybe it's the setting you like the basement yeah i do yeah, dude this this spooky murder basement is giving me <laughs> like all the vibes man i'm feeling it i'm gonna stay down here when we're done recording i'm gonna work on some music down here there you I'm go i'm gonna come out with my Nine Inch Nails cover album. (laughs) Okay, so to go back to what we were saying of like, this potentially was a concept record, this song is straight up like a musical song. Yeah. Like a stage musical This is a rock opera. Yeah. I I just was seeing it in my head of like the stage production. I'd have no idea what's going on before this, but the part where like, there is love part, like the stage is dark. No, and Kate as is more for people sure singing right now with a spotlight on him on a stage, right? A spotlight, and then yeah, more alone. people start joining, and other spotlights on other parts of the stage start lighting up as those groups mm-hmm. of people start singing. I'm like, oh yeah, this is like the end of Act Three of like a like a stage musical. Besides mm-hmm. that, it I I don't love it. <laughs> yeah, there's much, maybe I spoke much too soon about losing steam. <laughs> You've got a good vocal performance here, but it's a long song that just takes a long time to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty bloated. 
But interestingly enough, like Tate would go on to do Hero the Rock Opera like a couple of years right. past this, right. in like 2003 or something. Yeah, we still so need to spot talk, on with talk that. about that on the show one day. That's true. Yeah, we do need to cover that. It feels like a fitting big final farewell send-off song, but like mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it would have been cool to like Josh, what you're saying to watch the musical with yeah to start to watch the musical Red Letters or I don't know I feel like it would have been cool to end it with Supernatural and like the last thing you hear is Toby singing some things just can't be explained like that would have feel like a cool Mm -hmm. way to end it and then uh, you would have had to put Kylan maybe there's a treason at sea at the beginning like you were saying put that at Mm. the beginning kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I like it. Feels like yes, this is the closing song. But yeah, yeah, for sure. It's yeah. There's some bloat in there. So mm-hmm. I would almost take a treason at sea and bury it as like a bonus track after like two or three minutes of silence, so that you oh could yeah, I could officially in the mm-hmm. album, but then still mm-hmm. have it. Still have it at the end, and then something yeah. supernatural would come in. Ooh mm-hmm. yeah. Ooh. There you go. I like that. The only musical part that i did write down that i did enjoy is so we're getting to the point right now where like the strings are coming in it's mm-hmm. yeah it's a full-on musical number right it's a here. musical song yeah yes okay <laughs> full score but i want to call attention to 342 this part right here This is Them Bones by Alice in Chains cosplaying as Live and Let Die by the Wings. Like, <laughs> I love all of these comparisons you guys are bringing. Here we go. Same. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. That you're progression, right. but then you need, you need the strings from Live and Let Die. To... Dun, 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 dun. But bum, it's bum, straight bum, up bum, them both. Is, oh my god, yeah. Yep. No, it is. That is. Oh, so, yeah. God, that's great. Wow. So that was so my favorite part of the song. So let's say, like, Kevin was listening to Wings, and then, like, Tate was listening to Alice and Chase. No, I think Toby was listening. Toby was listening to Wings. Kevin was listening to Les Mis. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> He's like, "Have you guys heard of this?" Like, and they all thought they were talking about the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, "Yeah, I totally know what you mean, man." <laughs> wow. It's like, yeah, there's a song I love. It it does this thing. Like, oh yeah, I know that song. <laughs> and Hugh Jackman's gonna be in it. Uh, it hasn't yeah, come out all... yet. <laughs> but I see it in my mind. I see it in my mind. Uh, yeah, yeah it, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this song, man. Besides, yeah. I'm curious if this like, makes Josh's alternate nine song track list. It feels somewhere also like a little bit between Elton John and like Bowie. If you're just gonna like compare it to like a rock, like a big rock icon, but it's not really either. It's like sort of on the way to one or the other, but it it's kind of in that middle space, right? Because it's Cause a it cut song weird. from Rent. It is a cut song from Rent. <laughs> oh man, the Bowie comparison makes sense. He's a uh, was a big influence on Kevin Max's solo stuff in his career. So that totally Bowie I can see and that. Queen. Yep. And I like this outro. The like da 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 da. Yeah. But I want 
I want one round of that progression with just the strings or the strings like featured higher in the mix or something because they're so nice and I think they showcase that melody really well. Like the vocal version of that melody is, is cool, but it's like mm-hmm. you get these sweet strings. I, I wanted yeah. them to just get pushed up a little higher in the mix and right. then the fade out, like before they start fading the song. Yeah, I would almost like it if the strings like uh, overwhelmed the vocals. Like took the over, yeah. That, out yes. 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 Completely. That would be great. That would have been a cool way to end it. Mm-hmm. So I do, I do, I do feel like I need to clarify uh, everything I've been saying. Like I fucking love musicals, so yes. like none of this is me <laughs> like <laughs> being like, oh, this is like a musical. This sucks. I'm like, no, I love musicals. <laughs> like I was singing tonight, tonight uh, from West Side Story all day nice. at the house yesterday, and Jen was making fun of me. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's it's good. It's just it feels so weird. This record is just so weird. It's mm-hmm. such a weird album. Very. Uh, so should we lean into the weirdness and do the last track? Let's. Uh, track do number it. 14, There is a Treason at Sea. Order your chais. Get your snapping fingers ready. <laughs> Some spoken word. I am solo in this world of water. Only the tip of a sunrise visible. Like the morning light in a little girl's eyes. I crave this freedom. I find it only in this little ship. Just my soul and its bread and butter. I am comfortable, but there is a treason at sea. Is it me? It is a wonder. My one note on this song. Quotes from Toby and Michael. Say, okay. Sure, Kevin, do your thing, man. Just put it at the end of the record. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin was probably like, guys, I have this idea and I really want y'all to check it out. And like, he gave it to them and they like never listened to it. And they're like, and then he's like, what do you think of that idea I gave you? And then they're like, uh, yeah, yeah. I loved it. Michael and I were just talking about that. I think, I think I it should it. close the record. Okay. Kevin. To this day, Toby's never heard it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love this narrative. O- over three DC talk records that we've covered, this narrative that we've built up in our mind of like, Kevin Max being treated like DC Talk's younger brother, where they're just like, yeah, okay, buddy. Like, sure. Like, you can play with us for a little bit. That's so funny. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, this is so weird, man. Oceans throw. What is the treason? Yeah. I was wondering know. if it's him. The treason is they put this at the end of the record instead of the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is I can't, I can't hold on to the plot. I don't know. I don't really. I can't follow it. I want to. Like, I get the setting. I get the scene. Like, I can see him on a boat out in the middle of the ocean, and there's some kind of conversation happening, or like, like it sounds like a horror short story. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I still. I. I would have loved it at the beginning of the record. I mean, uh, it says it's more of a statement putting that at the beginning of the record than the twenty-four second half intro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like uh, it just feels like. It, have you all seen that movie, um, The Village, the M Night movie, The Village? Oh movie? yeah, mm-hmm. Kylan's mm-hmm. seen every movie. This almost feels like <laughs> him having a similar thought or idea. Like he's off and he's alone and he's away, but and he's wondering if he's figuring out that evil is in from the outside and can't be protected right. from it by having walls and like secluding yourself. I don't know. That's what my mind mm. goes to when I see it. Almost like right. he's like, is there a treason at sea? Is it me? 
he's he's but, figuring out that he's yeah the, like it's a really interesting part of it yeah that makes sense that I would have loved to see expanded in like a short story collection and not so much like a a Christian music album that was co-released by Virgin Records <laughs> like you know what I mean like yeah right like yeah oh he has a book of poetry then that's probably where it would be best yeah to, yeah like that would be great I for. love it. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, the, and uh, like all this to say, like, like this isn't a bad track. It's just, it's once again, it's like the Jesus freak thing from my friend. It's just like, like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> like, like, what, wait, what, what? I have to like, it took, it takes me a while to like lock in because I'm like, right. oh, this is such a change. I think it would have, it would have flowed into the album better rather than ending the record. Mm-hmm. But what do I know? I like that. <laughs> okay, guys, we did it. And I feel like we did it in record time. I feel like... For a long record, we went through it pretty economically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Well done, uh, all. Go team. Yeah. So before we do our final flopper bop verdicts, Josh B., I want to know, because uh, we, we've kind of touched on this briefly, uh, I want to know, you said like you've you've toyed with this track list and the sequencing a little bit. And I would love to know what your favorite, current favorite alternate track list for this album would be. Okay, I got you. So our tri- uh, our side A would be leading off with Supernatural, minus the intro, okay. just Supernatural, mm-hmm. the song, and then going straight into It's Killing Me, and then the smooth transition into Dive right after it. I want to keep that the same. Cool. So you got nice. three, three killer tracks, all upbeat right in a row. Yep. And then consume me after that to bring it down a little bit. And then fearless would end side A, but I would chop like two minutes and 20 seconds out of it. Right. <laughs> like I was talking about keep, keeping the end part that's interesting, mm, just cutting out I think, yeah. the bridge and fading it out a little bit earlier. So it would have, that would make side A 20 minutes and like five seconds long. Sweet. Then lead off the, the B side or the, the second side with my friend so long. Cool. Pick it up with the energy right there. Keep the truth, um, okay. and then move to Since I Met You, into Jesus, and then end with Red Letters. And find a way to make Red Letters a little bit shorter. <laughs> cool. You do so that in your track listing. Yeah, and I cut out A Treason to See, the the intro track, Godson is gone, Godsend. and Want to Be Loved. After our conversation, though, I might have to add it back in, but I didn't have it before we had that conversation. But anyway... Uh, that puts it at like 4406, which I think makes the record way more manageable, right? Like for that sure. even fits yeah. on a, nice on a vinyl. For sure. So 4406, I think, feels good. Is it only nine songs? Uh, it's 10. It's 10 oh, okay. That. That's good. Yeah, 10 songs, 44 minutes. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I think that's that's totally manageable. That's I love that track list. I'm, solid. I'm, I'm here for all that. Okay. So, beautiful producer Josh, what order are we going <laughs> to do? Our, or I could also ask our guest, Josh, what what order do you want us to do our flopper bop verdicts in? Yeah, I like that. I'm gonna do it in order of how I can see you guys on the screen. So it would be Kylan, okay. TJ, Josh. Nice. Okay. When, where, where do you, do you, you want go? me to go first? You want me to go last? I, I don't know pick where, where I you want to go. That. Yeah, you pick where you want to go. You're our guest. Okay. You get the call. Uh, I'll go last. I'll take. I'll take okay. the last one. Oh, so it. I'm first. Okay. Well, Josh B, this is a classic rookie mistake, having me go first. Uh, <laughs> these guys have learned at this point. You don't, <laughs> we don't know where it's going to go. Um, okay, for me. Wild card. 
Yeah. Well, this album was a wild card, so it you was. know, I, I felt kind of right at home. Well, hold on before you, before you tell me. What if I guessed if if I if if you guys flop it or bop it before you tell us? I love Please. that. I love that. Please guess. That sounds fun. Yes. Okay. So, Kylan, I think you're going to just barely flop it. Okay. Mm. Okay. So a barely flop. Uh, TJ, I think you're going to flop it. And Josh, Hard I think flop. you're just barely going to bop it. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. I like. I, like I don't these think any of you. I don't yeah, think any of you are going to just like straight up bop it. Love it. I think There's we all predicted bops, bag. right? I think we did, did all you, predict. Bops. I think we all did. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all did. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I, I'm going to talk myself into whatever my final verdict is. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't decided in, yet. In, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I never <laughs> have. So. Um, okay. No, I, I think I have. I've, I've, I've got a, I've got a general vibe. I just usually need to, I need to take a second to, to articulate it. Um, so, uh, in part A, I did talk about this being one of, like, being my favorite DC talk record. Well, I gotta say right off the bat, this album is entirely too long. It is, like, there's no <laughs> need for not only the amount of songs, but the length of most of the songs could be shortened. Uh, I do love the idea of your alternate track list. Uh, I would put Wanna Be Loved in there, though, because that song was just super fun. Pointing out things from our conversation, I did find it interesting that we all kind of picked favorite songs that that felt not like DC Talk songs. I found that, like, really interesting. Like, they were all, like, of all the DC Talk songs that we've listened to, all felt the least like that band. So there's something Most experimental, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. something to be said for that. What I think I need to do though, okay, so my and we had this conversation on the classic crime episode where starting the show, my criteria for if an album is a is a flop or a bop was essentially if I'm going to find myself listening to this record or the majority of this record at some point in the next year. But as we continue this show, like there's only so much time and so much media that someone can consume. Uh, So TJ kind of brought up this point of like, like at what point do we just individually expand sort of our definitions, you know, because obviously Mm -hmm. flop or bop in and of itself is, is reductive by nature. Binary. uh, Cause that's just like, you know, uh, so we've kind of slowly added degrees to that with every episode. Hard bops, soft bops, you know, like mop bops, etc. <laughs> Under the house bops, basement bops? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Base- bop. Murder oh, basement yeah. bops. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you, and then I'm going to to maybe expound a little bit further. Uh, I think this is a bop for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So... Obviously, I think I have to expand my definition of what a bop is. Uh, and for and I'm not fully prepared to extrapolate on that too much because I haven't fully articulated what, what it means to me. But currently, I had a lot of fun digging into this record. As a fan of comedy and horror movies... The two biggest things with both of those are like the entire experience is predicated on surprise, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the best scares and the best jokes come when you're kind of thrown off kilter. And I was completely thrown off kilter this entire <laughs> There's record. a lot of that on this record. <laughs> like, there was <laughs> so right. much that I was just like, 
what the hell just happened? Why was this decision made? Uh, <laughs> but you combine that with just like killer production. Uh, all the players on this record were hmm. absolutely fantastic. There were some moments I thought were really cringy, some stuff I I didn't really love. But overall, I think since I was so surprised and I had such a blast listening to it, I listened to it multiple times throughout the week. And I always found I found enough moments throughout that either amused me or entertained me or surprised me that hmm. I think Supernatural is a bop from me. Whoa. Nice. I know. Okay. Wild, right? One yeah. The kind of long record that kept your attention because it was kept you off balance enough that you're like, I don't know what's coming. Next. It did, yeah. It's mm-hmm. it sagged a lot. And I 100 percent there are a lot of songs from this I would I would cut. And I love your alternate track list, but there were enough redeeming, just wild moments for me that I enjoyed it. All right. Nice. Sweet. Well said. So, I like thank it. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep my wild card status, guys. I'm keeping you all on your toes, like yep. the album Supernatural. Never yep. know where I'm coming from. Is is TJ <laughs> TJ's next, right? Yeah, TJ's okay. next. I want to just remind everyone that TJ DC Talk is 0 for two with TJ in box. That's right. Two for two oh. in box. <laughs> and TJ's the vibe guy, right? He's the vibe guy. No, Kyle's I'm the, the vibe, vibe guy. guy. I'm, I'm the vibe, guy. which is why okay. this makes sense. TJ's, TJ's a lyrics guy. He's yeah. the lyric yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is why part of why I think generally. DC Talk is not necessarily connected. Yeah. <laughs> they're right. they're not poet, that's for sure. <laughs> right. They have their moments, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a hard sell. Yeah, I also really enjoyed jumping into this album, diving in, you might say. Oh, it's killing me to know where you're gonna land. Sorry. I had yeah. To I understand, my friend. <laughs> I understand. Um, so since I met you, TJ, you always keep me on the edge of my seat with your verdicts. Well, that's the truth. <laughs> I appreciate that, and I'll be honest with y'all, it didn't consume me. This album <laughs> did it move through you? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that it moved through me, but I do love loving things, and I want to be loved. Here's what I did, you guys. Here's what I did. I. In, in classic me fashion, I'm giving two answers. Um, <laughs> here we go. So, this is a choose-your-own-answer uh, kind of thing? Or? Is just another <laughs> thing for me to revisit on our end-of-year wrap-up? <laughs> no, no, it's, you, you, I think you'll be okay right, with this, right. Josh. No, you always, no, what you always do is you always define the rules only to explicitly break them moments later. <laughs> this entire show has been that. <laughs> You're like, yes, I understand the world, the paradigm in which we've set this up, and I'm going to completely ignore it. But and, do it articulately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm gonna try to play by the rules this time. I'm gonna I'm gonna admit that this album, the way that it exists from uh, myriad releases that it's had, the way it exists on streaming platforms today, that album for me is not a bop. It it just barely it just barely falls short of of Boptum. But I really love your your alternate track list, Josh. I like the especially the part of it where you throw supernatural at the very beginning. I think that makes the album a lot stronger. So what I would bop is a let's call it a six song EP with Supernatural. Oh, it's, EP it's killing me 
dive that that trifecta that you had yeah. on your list, Josh, into yeah. my friend with the outro jam of Since I Met You, like you also suggested, Josh, because that makes no sense, but that's kind of why I like it, because that jam on Since I Met You is so good. That's where they're just like vibing and kind of having fun. I want that thing on there, so I'm going to ask DC Talk to go back to the studio and figure out how to shoehorn the, the Since I Met You jam onto the end of My Friend into Wannabe, into Red Letters, and that's the EP. I like the rock oh, opera outro. Keep red letters. All right. Okay. Okay. I think that's a strong ending, and we're out. I don't know All what right. that runtime would be, but I could I could jam probably that. Probably still long. That six song. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably like pushing 30 long. minutes. Yeah, you're pushing 30 for sure. I know. I, I get that it was right on the line. <laughs> it's a six-minute song, man. Um, so <laughs> what would you rate something like that? If you had your six-song EP, is that like a perfect encapsulation of dc talk or is that just the perfect what they could do with that record? I, yeah like I, I, I think the way i would talk about it is it's like the best synthesis of them at the in this era like like it's the best version it's what i would want from them based on what i've heard from from this okay album cycle that makes sense fair enough fair enough th- those those were all super fun and i think for the same reason that you mentioned kylan like those songs kept me on my toes they had some hooks. There was really great production. There was great musicianship. The vocal chops were pretty stellar. I was here for it. That gets my bottom. Still a flop. But still the album a flop. is a flop. But still objectively, DC Talk. Oh, for three. The... <laughs> DC Talk is a flop for, for TJ. Do, do I even yeah. belong on this podcast anymore? No. Out, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, hey, guys, I quit. I, I'll I see think, y'all later. Yep. No. Hey, welcome to Church Hames Now with Kyle and Josh and Josh. Hey, hey, that won't get confusing at all. <laughs> no way. Uh, speaking of, Josh, uh, it's your turn. <laughs> it is my turn. I failed to prepare anything very eloquent. Um, that's a real, trying to keep it short and sweet here. Island move. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I originally predicted that this album would barely be a bop, would be right on the line. Right. And I am going to say it is not on the line. Oh, mm-hmm. it is a bop with some room to spare. Woo! I'll say, okay, oh, yeah, yes. right. For everything that we've already talked about, uh, extra songs, long songs, and definitely kind of like it dips in the middle, starting with "Fearless," going into "Godsend," and kind of the truth a little bit. Like, like there's definitely some dips, and like this record is kind of all over the place. So it's not like a cohesive, concise statement, but. I did have a lot of fun, and this was really fun for me because I didn't have any, other than knowing like three songs from this record, I didn't have any like nostalgia, so this was a completely new listen for me, so it was Mm. fun getting to like 25 years later from when it came out to hear this record for the first time, and I enjoyed it a lot. It has a lot of problems. It has some stuff that needs Mm -hmm. some correction and stuff like that, but I had more fun with it than uh, problems with it, so I'm going to give it a pop. I love cool. that. Nice. I love that. Sweet. Nice. Yeah, it just feels like some of the songs were a little undercooked. Like they could have used yeah. a little more time or just let's not do them kind of thing. Like, oh, exactly. we don't need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was at this weird kind of like nexus point of like some mm-hmm. of it was like too overwrought and some of it was like not thought out enough. Right. Which made, yeah. which made yeah. it, yeah, it's like a, like a, like a not fully cooked cake. Right, like you have, like it looks beautiful, and you have these bites that are like 
oh, well, like these little pockets are like perfect. And then you got a lot yeah. of just like uncooked and overcooked. Like it's just, <laughs> but when they meet, when they meet in the middle, it's. Yeah. Perfect. And I think what maybe gives it a little bit more of a pass is that as opposed to like some of their other stuff, like maybe in Jesus Freak, where some of the overcooked or undercooked parts are more like Nashville CCM songwriters hmm. not figuring out ideas. This one felt a little bit more honest that it was like the three of them collaborating. Yeah, so like it, it felt Yeah, it felt like a more very col- like yeah, poor like DC it, for them. better or for worse. Yeah. It yes. felt like a synthesis mm. of DC talk. For sure. <laughs> Sweet. I love that. I love that. All right. Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, be where you at? Seventeen-year-old me, when I first heard it, would have been like, "Bop, no question, right?" Like <laughs> I was waiting in line at the store to get this one when it came out and got yeah. it the first day, and probably listened to it a bunch of times. What, what store did you buy it from? Ancient Boombox. It was probably Family Christian Bookstore. Nice, nice. Oh it's the oh, yeah. one that we had in take my a drink. area. So we had my area. Yeah, I ended up wor- I ended up working there in college, and then I worked for Lifeway when I was uh, later on as an adult for a while. Nice. So I worked Life at both affected. of the major ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, I would have bopped it hardcore then. I've listened to it now for twenty five years, which is crazy to say, and I definitely see the warts and the weaknesses in it now but let's be honest i still gotta bop it it's 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 go. more it's yeah. more like it's more like just a. it's not even just a barely a bop it's it's more than a bop if i was giving it star rating i'd say four out of five it's solid wow. album Love like that. an 80 percent. there's there's room lots of room for improvement they could have it could have been much better but it still is my third favorite dc talk record i can have a little bit more forgiveness for it because it did end up being the last thing that they made right um, but yeah. there's just a lot of really good fun moments on it and uh, it's a it's a fun record that i've listened to actually quite a bit in the last four or five years so i love that i was a little nervous taking the time off to be like i want to be objective as i can there's a lot of nostalgia attached to it of course they were my favorite band uh with jars of clay as a as a teenager so there's that factor but i think it just holds up for the most part it holds up because of the production and the players and the vocals like there's just a lot Mm -hmm. of really Mm -hmm. good parts to it even if some of them are a little disjointed I agree. it's a bop for me I, I nice i love that. i love it i love it so I, i'm curious how did how was our collective reaction to the record like how does that stack up to what you were potentially anticipating uh being being a listener of the show oh yeah that's fun Honestly, I was a little bit more nervous that you guys were, and I was going to be okay with it. I was, I was making we're peace just in my heart with just, just ripping it up because I know. I mean, there are so many parts there are of it some, that are like, yeah. eh. and there's right. so many of the parts of the songs that are just like spliced together, and I don't know how right. I couldn't, I couldn't articulate to you why I thought they worked or why I liked them, and I thought you guys did a good job of just like. I don't. I can't make sense of it. I don't know why I like it, but it, it just works for me for some reason. We're all vibe guys. You uh, so just I'm, caught us on I'm a good definitely, week. Caught us on a good vibe week. Oh, it's <laughs> good. It's good. Basement vibes. And yeah, DC dude. talks. I think they're a vibe band. Like, like I said earlier, like so many of the moments that I love when they're doing their thing is like all about vibes, and yeah. it's just really fun. I just oh, wish yeah. they didn't feel the pressure, like we were saying earlier, for them to have to fill a lot of the silence with vocal 
runs and just things that didn't need to be there. I'm sure they did because they weren't playing an instrument. So like, what do I do? Just stand here while (laughs) they're playing? It's like the Ricky Bobby. Like, what do I do with my hands? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's three of us. And none of us play instruments, but we all sing. So we <laughs> yeah. should probably, one of us should be singing at all times. At all times. Yeah. At all times. And a lot at of dance. Maybe or probably two something. of us. Right. Or yeah. whispering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so much whispering. Turn this out uh, there. Why? <laughs> all right. We did it, guys. We did it. So we had three bops and a flop. Did. Yeah, this was wild. So it, it does make me really excited to revisit Jesus Freak. Now that I don't put as much pressure on myself for how mm. I do things on this show. Josh, I got to say, I'm really excited that that you brought this to yeah, us man. because... Thank you. I, you know, once again, I feel like this is like... This is a record that within like DC Talk fandom, be that what it may, it's not discussed enough because mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of a wild card. It's weird. And I've, I've got a soft spot for weirdos and wild cards, man. Yep. Yeah, so I super appreciate you bringing this record to us. It brought For me a lot sure. of joy this week listening to this. Same. Because uh, some albums, yeah. some albums, you know, like even depending on where I am in the week can just be like, it feels like homework. You know what I mean? And yeah. and this had kind of those moments and I was dreading it. You know, I put it off for a little bit. And then once I like got into it, I was like, oh, okay. No, this is really fun. So yeah, so thank you. Awesome. Hey, thanks for having me. I just I love talking about music, and then it's a little bit easier when it's one that I know so well, and hmm. yeah, can be articulate. For sure, for yeah. sure. Um, so yeah, let's take this opportunity. Uh, if there's anything you want to talk about, if there's any places online you want people to follow you at, if there's anything in particular, anything you just think is cool that you want people to know about, whether it's something you're doing or something. Something you just think is cool. This is our, our, the platform is open for cool stuff. Plug away. <laughs> cool stuff okay. from Josh. <laughs> well, uh, I'm a pretty simple fellow. I've been reading JesusFreakHideout.com since probably 1997 or 8 when this record came out. So for about 25 years now, I got to join the team as a music reviewer about almost seven years ago now. So if you're currently looking for and still enjoy the longer format of music reviews. That's a great place that you can find some of mine or our other writers, uh, some of the contemporary music. And more recently, I've been also trying to go back and review albums from the 90s and 2000s that we don't have reviews for and make sure that they're, they're yeah, on nice. the site because it's a great database That's to be cool. able to, yeah, to exactly. go back and find a discography or or to find rankings for for things. So that's one place you can can find where I'm at, among others. And then I have a blog where if you are... The type of music nerd that loves ranking things, lists and uh, music and <laughs> sometimes not Christian music, joshbaylog.wordpress.com is, is my personal blog that I'll Sweet. usually have a link to that two or three posts a month. Too. Yep. I've got, I did one recently on Jimmy Eat World songs because I've recently become a big fan of them. So Sweet. we'll have to talk yeah, about that. Those are the two main places. Josh, Josh Olson and I just did our top 10 Jimmy Eat World lists to each other because we oh, text nice. each other our top 10 lists all the time and our lists i feel like we're unexpected for a quote-unquote typical jimmy world fan so i'd love to hmm. yeah my number one song is probably not anybody else's so that's that's interesting Ooh, nice. hey, i think mine too so find out on <laughs> joshbaylog.wordpress.com <There laughs> that's right that's right 
Yeah, and then of course I'm on Twitter, which where I interact with you guys all the time. So right. um, I love discussing things on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're out there and you like talking about music, you should definitely follow Josh on Twitter because you'll enjoy the content that he posts and talks for about. For sure. Mm-hmm. I know I have. So I think that's going to do it for us here. If you enjoyed this, we have more nonsense like this at patreon.com slash podcast. You can follow us on all the social media at churchjamsnow. May all your favorite bands stay together, and peace out, my prayers. So long, my friends.